three, two, one, boom. It's a social engineer show. Today we've got Apothecary Black in the building. Yep, yep. How are you, bro? That's good. I'm all right, you know, a bit chilly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's freezing. Yeah, it's like minus two, I think. Minus one, minus two. It's a bit of a madness, man. So. Yeah, it's, all I saw is the ice everywhere. Like, I went outside for about, about an hour or something earlier on this morning, but yeah, yeah there's ice everywhere. It's freezing. Um, yeah, bro. Yeah, so uh, I was going to ask you, because your name is quite unusual. Where does it Where does it come from? Okay, so... Um, Okay, so first of all, like the term actually, if t- the first time I actually heard the term apothecary was um, mm. like back in Delham. I grew up like when I was younger, like, like Warhammer. I don't even know about Warhammer and stuff like that. Okay. So that's like tabletop games. And stuff mm. like that. Yeah. Is it and, the one um, that you paint and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, you paint and stuff like that. So I wasn't really heavily into it myself, but mm. one of my friends was so he kind of introduced me to that kind of universe of this crazy, but the law behind it and everything behind it is actually quite crazy. But anyway, the people that are in these, like these, like basically like soldiers. Super soldier, superhumans, blah, blah, blah. And these people are the healers. Okay. So they're called apothecaries. But apothecaries are it's also um, based off um, a general thing. So it's a natural thing um, to do with like alchemy and stuff like that. Okay. So it's an alchemic individual who essentially heals. So uses like herbs and things like that. Um, mm. Essentially the original concept of a doctor or, or a pharmacist. Mm. So the term pharmacist is also pharmaceuticals. It's, it's based off apothecaries and stuff like that. So that's like the traditional like proper like... Eye of Newt and all that kind of crazy yeah. stuff like that. So, um, so I like the terminology. I liked what they did, and obviously where it came from was like, it's, it's actually quite very graphic and um, gruesome. But they were still healing, so I like the term. I like the, the, the way it sounded and stuff like that. And then, um, and I like to see myself as like, someone that likes to contribute, not just healing this physically, but with knowledge, mm. um, wisdom, and just contributing positively to people's lives. So, apothecary. That's the name. That's the name. And the black aspect, obviously, black man. I know it's a bit literal, but. Mm. I also had to come up with that name because one of my friends, um, he wanted to create a group back in the day and it was called uh, Triple Darkness. Okay. Right? I don't even know about that concept in general, but Triple Darkness is about... I've heard it before, but yeah, if yeah. you could... Uh, yeah, so it's essentially based off um, the concept of um, everything is conceived in darkness. So we're born in darkness. You spend... When you're developing the womb, you're in the dark. Um, things like, you know, if you want to go biblical... Then there was light. So before the light okay. was darkness. So mm. everything, um, your ideas, your thoughts, your brain is in darkness. Everything's in darkness. Mm. So it's that emphasis on understanding that there's three core points of darkness. Um, and then three being symbolic as well. Um, but anyway, so he said, if you're going to be in the group, you have to have a precursor of whatever you want to be. And then black. So okay. his name was, um, I think his name was Alpha Black. Mm. Um Alpha Tech Black. So I said, okay, cool. So he's like, oh, you need to think of a name, think of a name. So I was <laughs> like, oh, well, I like this name. I like loads of different names. And um, yeah, Apothecary. So Apothecary was one of them. So I liked it. Obviously, I felt it represented me. Mm. And then Apothecary Black. So that came, that just kind of how it started. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so what type of group was this? Like, is it music? Hip hop. Okay, hip-hop cool. Kind of word. Um, and also, it was more to kind of encourage me to get into it because. I'd always say like stuff when we were speaking about, no, that'd be a good lyric, man. You need to write that down. Mm. Oh, you need mm. to blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, ah, this is not really my thing. But I can, I do love wordplay. I do mm. appreciate, um, you know, good lyricists and double entendres and people that really fit things together. Yeah. Different, especially like say with hip hop or spoken word or even like with say dancehall music. I think a lot of dancehall artists are very, um, you know, very good with lyrics and, you know, mixing, you know, obviously with innuendos and stuff like that, but the way that they piece things together, I think mm. very, 
you know poetic yeah poetic exactly mm. yeah and very powerful i think it's because obviously i think some of it may get lost because obviously you know the dialect and the the accents and such that come with it mm. that people may like you may actually fly over their heads and just focus on oh their voice and stuff like that but if you actually sit down and break down like you know you just hear what man just said like mm. I'm, I'm heavily a person to like break things down in general so for mm. me it's like nah, that's that's a on point lyric like mm. especially when you you know had a piece things together so yeah that's where apothecary black i mean i do have mm. another name mm. which i kind of grew up with which is more to do with my initials and such mm. that's another <laughs> angle so some people know me as more recently, you'll say more from a social media perspective, mm. Puffcary Black and um, online or gaming and such like that mm. is a uh, mad, mad HK. So that's mad HK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. HK, yeah, yeah. Mm. Which is essentially my initials. So obviously it's mad. Mm. My initials and then HK, that was another, <laughs> that's another asset, which is basically um, when I was younger, because I do um, one of my hobbies is uh, airsoft. Do you know what airsoft Oh, is? yeah. I was going to ask you about that as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So airsoft is essentially like paintball, but with BB guns mm. initially. Um, it smashes the crap out of paintball. By the way. Yeah, I was going to ask you, because I've never yeah. done airsoft. I've yeah, only yeah. done paintballing yeah, and yeah. I really love paintballing. So Listen. what are you saying <laughs> about airsoft? <laughs> All right, so let me just give you a little something. So, okay, so airsoft is essentially like this. Yeah. Um, any gun, any physical like projectile weapon you've ever seen in the movie, shotguns, pistols, grenade launchers, you can get an airsoft, mm. yeah. Fully one point one scale. They weigh the same. Um, you can put scopes, lasers, anything that you want. Literally, it's a gun. It's mm. literally a gun. Obviously, the only thing is it doesn't fire. You know, live rounds. Obviously, are they speakers. old guns that have been converted? No, 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 no. You can't do that. And this is another thing that I can actually touch on because okay. um, um, there was a point in time in uh, obviously over here, in, obviously in the UK, where there was a lot of like gun crimes and stuff like that. And I think there was an incident where a man was shot. He had like a table leg in a bag or something like that, and the police came and then they they, they shot him because they oh. thought that he was basically an armed person mm. and he wasn't. And then this kind of big was a bit uproar. Then there was other things as well with children, um, like young people. There's a, I think there was an organization called Mothers Against Guns and stuff like that. So there's mm. loads of things. I can't, this is like, like I'll say maybe like maybe early 2000s, mm. 2007, maybe mm. something like that. Yeah, I remember there was a big thing about guns back then. Um, yes. Something about. Uh, there was like a, a highlighted advert where they were talking about women, uh, people leaving guns with women or something that's like right, that. That's right, that's yeah, right. Under the bed, that. you know, the mm. boyfriend, yeah, you know, and all that kind of stuff, yeah. like, you know, contraband, all that stuff. So um, there was that kind of thing. So what happened was there's the airsoft community. So obviously we're responsible, we mm. know how to carry, you know, these things. We don't brandish them like they're real, obviously. And at the time there was no law where, you know, you could just go into a shop that sold replica pistols and such, mm. or you say replica or airsoft. And then obviously someone will take it and brandish it like it's true. And obviously you get the physical reaction as a human being, yeah, you're going to react to that. Mm. So, um, so then laws were brought in. I mean, firstly, they were going to like banned everything, you know, just get rid of it all, you know, it's dangerous. Why do you want this? Da, da, da. But then obviously it's a hobby. It's a thing that we do mm. and we are respectful and we do it correctly. So then they had to bring out um, laws to essentially protect. So what they did in the SOS community was they kind of petitioned to make um, an, a license so I think it's called the UKARA, U-K-R-A or something like that, license. Essentially what you need to do is in order for you to purchase an airsoft weapon or replica or anything, mm. you have to go to a airsoft club, so a place that does, you know, games and stuff like that, three times, get like three stamps essentially to prove that you are committed to this thing mm. um, over a space of 90 days. Once you've completed that, um, then you can go to a natural place and uh, like that sells airsoft. Um 
you know, guns and such and purchase one. Mm. Otherwise you can't purchase it. If you do want to purchase one and kind of go past that for that 90 days thing without being registered, um, your weapon has to be 50% spray painted in some like mad crazy, like neon mm. pink, blue, green, like to show that it's not. I thought that was all of them. Is So oh. some of them are not spray painted like that. Oh, Okay. If you've got, if you're, if you, I, I, mine are not spray painted. <laughs> so they're just all black. They're just what you see, literally. Like they're all okay. black. They're whatever way it's meant to be. So that's because I have a license and stuff like that. Okay. Also, if you purchase things before that, before that law came in, obviously you just got it, and it is what mm. it is. So I had stuff before the law came in, and I've actually more recently, when I've gotten more into it, you know, especially because you know, it's kind of, it can be expensive to kind of um, get into initially. But now there's a lot of cheaper options and such, little Chinese knockoffs and stuff like that. Mm. <laughs> but, um. Most of it is actually proper well-made stuff like that from Japan and stuff like that. In fact, it originally started in Japan. Um, to my understanding, it's from Japan and the police use it for simulations, so police simulations. So okay. they created Airsoft. A lot of companies that create the, the best kind of high-quality Airsoft like replicas are Japanese. So mm. is it Murray, Murray Tokyo Murray? Um, there's a Airsoft Army. There's a few other that, that make them, but they are the ones, Tokyo Murray, um, are the ones that kind of made them. So, yeah. And they're the ones that kind of get the licenses. They go to the companies um, to get the license so that they can recreate these guns in 1.1 scale with the details mm. and such. And um, yeah, you can use them. So, so yeah. mm. That's really interesting because yeah. obviously someone who, like myself who hasn't got much experience with it, mm -hmm. I was always under the assumption that you can have any gun, mm -hmm. but it has to be obviously a toy. Like mm -hmm. you have to spray it in, yeah, in yeah. a color that you can't... Yeah. Um, you can't like like act like it's a yeah, real yeah, gun sort yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's interesting. So basically, as long as you've got the license, yeah. that rule doesn't even apply. It's it only doesn't apply. It doesn't apply to you because mm. that's what well, that's to do with purchasing. At the end of the day, it's down to the responsibility of the person that holds in it. Do you know what I mean? If I, you know, I mean? if I walk into a bank and I've got my hand in my pocket like this, you know what I mean? And I'm like, you know, mm. stick it up like this. Like, obviously, I'm trying to show you and brand you something like I'm threatening you with something. Mm. If you believe it or not, that's down to you. But obviously, I'm trying to have yeah. that impression that you're trying to believe so the point is is that if i've come with that energy if i'm the bringing intent. That, the intent exactly mm. that is what makes it a crime so and the same thing when it comes to like self-defense if i feel threatened by you you know male female doesn't matter um i can defend myself and i can also preempt that as well so if i feel that you are you know gonna um, i feel under a threat or mm. you're going to do something you know i could preempt so in other words self-defense also brings a line where you know, there's a line between, well, what's the difference between me just punching you and, you know, uh, me protecting myself mm. with that punch? And that's where the preemptive aspects into it. Obviously, I'm not going to go into all the levels of details, but mm. these things I look into that I learn, especially working with young people as well. I mean, this is kind of myth where they're like, oh, you can't touch me. Mm. Oh, you can't do this. And oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, no, actually, I can. In fact, there's <laughs> specific laws I can actually bring it up for you. You know, we can go onto the government website, you know. <laughs> bring it out and stick it on there. And mm. I've done projects with young people as well so that they um, are aware of these kind of different things and concepts. Mm. So, but, um, so is it basically, as long as you're defending yourself, yeah. everyone's allowed to defend themselves basically? Not quite. There's still lines. So okay. in natural words is this, self-defense is classed as this. I do something to equal measure, protect myself, um, but also give me an opportunity to get away. Mm. So the difference between me punching you and then you'll stop it, and, and that's it, and you stop attacking me, that's self-defense. Mm. I punch you, keep punching, keep punching, you're on the floor, and I keep punching you, that's not, that's assault. Mm. Because it's beyond measure, it's beyond reasonable force. Mm. Um, the other aspect is uh, things like, when it comes to self-defense, for example, if you, you're allowed to use, say, a weapon in Vedcoms, yeah, an improvised weapon, so 
for example, if you try to, you know, come over the table, I could like grab the mic and hit you with it, mm. like that kind of thing. And also cause distance. Mm. But if, but then say, for example, say me and you start arguing that, and I'd be like, you know what, Barrett? And I unscrew the thing, this is me, I'm screwing it like this. <laughs> and that's not felt defense, that's premeditated. The fact yeah. that I'm unscrewing it, the fact that I'm thinking this is what I'm going to do. These are pre-thoughts. These things that I'm creating a structure and a, and a narrative in my head mm. to then execute that thing. Whereas self-defense is, bam, man, get off me. It's like, like a the, In the spur of the moment. That's sort of right. Thing. That's mm. right. And that's why um, if someone's running away from you closely, I don't even know about there's a case where someone, you know, someone can break into your house and you're like, ah, oh, but then I shot the guy. Or yeah, I, I think that happened. And the guy ended up going to jail. It was that's like right. on a farm where that's somebody right. got shot in the back that's while right. he was trying to run off. To, exactly. Mm. And you see the key point you just said, in the back. Mm. When it even comes to things like in nature, if you turn your back, if you're you know you're lying or attack whatever, you turn your back, it shows that you're not um, you're not attacking exactly. Mm. And to run away means you're trying to remove yourself from a situation. Mm. So if you shoot someone when they're running away, that's premeditated. They know mm. the threat's gone. They're leaving the area. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If someone's like running their mouth, yeah, bro, and they're walking across the road, they walk away. That's cool, isn't it? You can mm. run your mouth across the road, but it means there's no <laughs> physical altercation that's going to happen. Mm. But if they're running their mouth across the road and they're walking away, and you're walking towards them. See the difference. I'm bringing my energy towards you. I'm, mm. I'm trying to engage with something where they're trying to disengage, mm. and that's the difference between self-defense and offensive. Yeah, that's really interesting, man. So you briefly mentioned that you mm. are a teacher, um, or you're. I work in a school, so yes, yeah, so I'm a facilitator. So essentially, I'm well, on paper and class of support staff, uh, even okay. though um, all pastoral. So basically, it's a non-teaching role. Okay. So um, is it like mentorship? Sort yeah, of mentoring, mm. um, behavior management, kind of stuff like that. Um, social emotional um, support and things like that working mm. with them so I also work with students that are you know that have um, social emotional mental health like needs as well as um, any kind of special educational needs and such as well so mm. that's um, yeah that's that's what I do essentially yeah. yeah so is that a challenging job is that is there a lot to it uh, there is and then at the same time and the kind of isn't okay so essentially is this um, even just working in the school is not for everyone Mm. And um, even if you are very knowledgeable in a certain subject, you could be, you know, for example, you, know, you could be a master of studio setups, lighting, anything like that. But that doesn't mean that you can teach it. Mm. Yeah, you can love what you do. That's you can teach it. In order to teach something, you need to be able to have a certain level of patience. Mm. You need to have a certain level of understanding of how people receive information, and also you have to have understanding of how you give out information as well. These are things that need to be understood because. You could be like, look, just go this and put that. Blah, blah, blah. You mm. know it. You know it. They don't. So if you speak to someone in a way that there's an assumption that they know, then what are they learning? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You only have that assumption if you've seen them do it, they've been trained. Mm. There's an expectation of them achieving or producing that result. If someone has nothing, it's a, it's a blank it's a blank slate. It's your job and your role to for them to populate that that piece of paper or their mm. mind or whatever that knowledge or fill out that, that base of knowledge. And equip them to do that that task, whatever it may or may not be, whether it's driving, whether it's cooking, whatever. Mm. And um, if you don't have that patience and you just think, ah, oh, the thing's over there. <laughs> they're not going to mm. be able to receive that. And as yeah. human beings, if we're put under a certain level of pressure, we have ways of dealing with stress and conflicts. And that's another thing I teach my students, like conflict resolution is like, everyone has different ways of dealing with certain situations. Or maybe I think that's meant to be like five different um, sort of modes or ways of re- dealing with conflict. One of them's like, um, deflection, cooperation. Um, one of them was like uh, like rivalry to, to to be like you know back and forth. Like, okay, well you gonna do it? Okay, let's go, let's go. And um, this other was this other like two other ones as well. I can't remember them specifically, but um, again, depending on how you receive that information, mm. 
you may react in a certain way and shut down. So if you shut down, and if you shut down as an individual, no learning can take place. You're no longer mm. receiving. If I close my shop, but now, bro, there's no more business. You're not making no profit. Mm. And no customers are going to come. There's nothing's going to happen. It's not the transactions kind of shut down. So mm. um, not everyone can just be a teacher. Not everyone can just be um, work with people. Yeah. Um, especially when those individuals. This is what it kind of makes it backwards. A lot of people who are learning think subconsciously there's an expectation of them they should already know how to do this thing and that's mm. the kind of so they put pressure on themselves so mm. I've asked to being a, a teacher or working with somebody is making them feel comfortable to know that no this is a place where you make mistakes mm. you have to make these mistakes you have to essentially fuck up basically mm. and that's part of the process mm. as opposed to having this kind of social expectation of I just should just know this thing yeah but it defeats logic and reasoning because it's like if I already know it why am I here mm. why am I have I come through the door? Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I hear you. It is an interesting yeah. concept. Yeah, and I've kind of like I do definitely agree with what you're saying in regards to it is a skill to teach, and mm -hmm. some people just can't teach, even That's though right. they're good at the thing, That's they're right. just not able to teach That's it. Right. That's right. And um, but what I'll say as well, yeah, is I think teaching is a two part activity. It's like there's mm -hmm. someone teaching and someone learning, 100%. so you have to be a good learner as well. 100%. There's a lot of people Both who ways. are just they're resistant to learning. That's right. But then the question is, is like, why? Because we can, because we can create our own barriers. We can be in our own way and prevent ourselves from getting something. And sometimes we do it because if we accept that thing, mm. then we have to be responsible for that thing. If we're responsible for that thing, we have to do something with it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like when people shut down the conversation, I don't want to talk about it. No, no, no. Or I don't want to listen to you because some people will not listen to you, not because what you're saying is not right, it's because if I accept it and I have to um, be responsible for it and then I have to do something with it and I don't want to mm. do anything with it, so it's, better. it's easier for me to shut it down mm. and say, I'll oh, shut up and chat rubbish, where, Then to, you know what, bro, that actually kind of makes sense, you know? Hmm, maybe, because now you own it. It's part of your mindset. It's part of your mental kind of folder that you've got. Mm. And if you claim certain things that you want to, you know, for example, I know I want to change the world. Okay, cool. Well, why don't you get into politics? Why don't you work with people directly? Why don't you teach it? Blah, blah. Nah, that's long, bro. Fuck that. Man. That's <laughs> bullshit. Fuck that. Yeah. That's long. But then don't moan, but then don't moan about the world being the way that it is. Mm. Or, or, you know what I mean? So, but when they take it on board and embrace it, they can now work towards that, that, that yeah. change. And that can be scary. Yeah. Cause responsibility comes along with it. Exactly. And duties and stuff. Exactly. And that, that and that's what kind of puts people off. So, you know, that's what that is. Um, something I've noticed as well. I've met loads of different types of people, but the type of person that I I've met that seems to be reluctant to learn. Mm -hmm. Typically, um, they're they're the type that just wants to ask the question and wants the answer. They don't want to have to go through the, the effort process, of working it right. out. That's they right. just want the answer, that's and that's right. it. That's right. That's right. Um, those are individuals that again, it's about a patience thing, isn't it? Mm. If you lack patience, which is, you know, to say it's one of the virtues, like patience is an amazing skill. You have to learn it. And then when you learn, you have to temper it. You need to practice it. Mm. Otherwise, because what happens with people with patience is that they want the answers. It's like, you know, going to a movie and be like, I want to know what happens at the end. Yeah, yeah. But then that's not how it works. You have mm. to go through the process. And a lot of people that also um, lack patience also, again, lack experience mm. because the process of um waiting with the expectation of achieving something that's essentially one of the definitions of patience um they miss out experiences like imagine yeah. you just using the tube 
you don't even know that this station is like three minutes walk to that station. All you do is pop up. Whoop, whoop, whoop. You don't even know. Mm. So therefore you remove the experience mm. of you just want to jump to the end, you know, skipping tracks on a, on a, it's like when someone, um, I know his example as well. You got like a CD. Yeah. Mm. You bought the CD. It's got like 12 tracks on it, but you bought it because one particular tracks on an album, they released it. Oh, it's a banger. Yeah, yeah. I love this track. Yeah. But then you don't even bother listening to it. All you do is skip to that track number seven all mm. the time and you bang it. You've missed out on the experience of all the other tracks, all mm. one to six, yeah. and then other ones after that point. And then one day, you know what? When you're just relaxed and you're not even focusing and you're not trying to get anything, you just leave the CD to run. And then after the track number seven comes track number eight, and you're like, yeah, this track's actually all right, you know? Mm. This is actually, yeah, this track's a back. Yo, like, <laughs> and that's what happens. So they mm. just be a little piece of patience will allow you to access new things and remove assumptions, you know what I mean? Mm. A lot of the time we like to kind of have our own narrative of certain things and if you're patient and just let certain things happen and be part of that process as well, mm. um, will allow you to expand on different things. Like yeah, I agree. To practice patience. Man. I agree. Patience is definitely important. Uh, yeah. It's key when you're learning and when you're teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, also, the thing with the asking questions thing as well, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, um, sometimes it's like you, you've come across a problem and instead of working it out, you just want someone to give you the answer to the problem. Right. But then when you come, a, come up against the problem again, the thing you're, the, your way of resolving that is mm. to ask someone for it because right. that's how you dealt with it before. Exactly. Whereas if you deal with it and actually work it out, go through the process of not knowing and working it out, then the next time you know because you've dealt with it yourself. Exactly. So I think it's, yeah, it's, it's one of the mistakes that a lot of people who say they want to learn something, mm-hmm. they make. They just basically just want a cheat code. That's they right. want all the answers on that's the sheet. Right. That's right. And, and and that's the thing. When you learn something, it's like um, it belongs to you. Yeah. It's now part of you. And you can play about with it any way that you want. You can rejig it. And the more that you focus on it and you get it, um, it becomes wisdom. You can know how to apply it mm. to different scenarios. Whereas if I just give you the answer, it doesn't belong to you. Yeah. All you say is, if I want to answer, talk to my guy. Mm. I mean, it's like phone a friend, isn't it? You only phone a friend when you don't know. <laughs> yeah. But if you're a good friend... You give your friend, you know, on the other end of the phone, your answer, but you also give them the means to how you got the answer. Mm. So here's the book that I read that I gave you the answer to. Here's the go down that road and speak to mm. this person as well. Try doing this a few times. Make it only be make it part of you, and then you might be the next person that evolves that thing to the next level because mm. now that you've been exposed to it, everyone's got their own set of eyes, their own perspective of seeing the world, and they might just see something that they, you know, that you haven't seen. Yeah. And you become the next level. You mm. bring it to the next level. So. You know, that's why riddles are so important. I, I love riddles. I've always loved riddles. And um, the fact that when you get it, that feeling like, yeah, wow, oh, that makes so much sense. Like, yeah, I get mm. And it causes your brain to go through certain cycles and certain processes um, is, a, is an amazing thing. Mm. And again, it's like, from a, even from a biological standpoint, you know, you're creating new, new pathways for your brain neurons, you know. It's so easy for us to keep going to the same. It's like going to the same shop on the road every single day and buying the same thing. Yeah, but there's how many other shops, how many other places you can go to, how many roads, blah, blah, blah. You know, the possibilities are endless. But yeah, if you are caused uh, an issue or a problem that you want to solve it and you mm. go for that process, it will allow you to open up your horizons. It could even make yeah. you go back to something that you previously thought you knew and you, I didn't even know that. Mm. Like, it's like going back to a movie. Like, I always say this to like, um, anyone that I speak to or young people in general, especially when they you know, they see the world in a very kind of closed space. Like, they'll learn something now in secondary school. And I'm like, remember when you was younger, tell me something like a cartoon that you watched or something. And they're like, oh, I watched blah, 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 Little Mermaid, whatever. Mm. And then 
they now learned something about the sea or the ocean and stuff like that. I was like, okay, go watch the little mermaid now. Oh, so that's why Sebastian was this way. Oh, <laughs> oh, now I understand what they meant by blah blah. Mm. Because you've got a new vat of knowledge, a new access point that allowed that opened up to other aspects. Now you know something, you can go back to it and read. And now it's mm. like a completely different movie. It's a completely different thing. So again, mm. that's why it's important to kind of have that for yourself. Mm. Um, and that's also something you can pass on to again, other children, your own children, family, family mm. friends, family, whatever. So, For real. And um, knowing the answer to something mm-hmm. is very different to knowing the reason why that's the answer to that thing. 100%. So it's like that 100%. is a different level of understanding yes. that allows you to transfer that knowledge into other things. Exactly. Whereas if you just know A equals, like A and B equals C or whatever, yeah. then you, you never really exactly. understand the process and why it is. Correct. And that's the difference between like, um, I have an issue with the educational system. You're not taught um, how to think. Mm. You're taught what to think. Yeah, this is the answer. This is how it's done. Yeah, but why? Mm. Why is it that way? Why is it not another way? Yeah, they don't. They don't teach you concepts and principles to help you expand on things. It's just mm. like I said. You know, a plus b equals c, or you know, one plus one equals two like you have this is what it is yeah but why is it one plus one why is it why isn't it you know two and minus one blah blah whatever Mm. like it doesn't allow you and then when you ask you're then criticized or being difficult yeah for being (laughs) difficult because you're Mm. basically you know you're you're messing up the the rotation in it you're fucking up the rotation Mm. and they don't want that because everything's on a time so and children don't learn that way and that's how you start to create other things like these anxieties and these different other things, which is another thing that you can kind of touch on at some point, but mm. um, it creates so many different aspects which will cause issues in life. Mm. You know, a lot of the stuff that we have as, as adults are things that we've developed and learned, and these are learned behaviors to survive. You know, oh, I've had this horrible feeling. No one's told me about this feeling. I don't know how to deal with it. I have to be my own soother, so I have to create a system. So now when someone says this to me, oh, I have that feeling, mm. uh, uh, get angry and throw something. Mm. And when I throw something, I feel better. They, they, all the focus goes off me and it goes into the thing I've thrown. Now they talk about me. Oh, I'm happy to have that. Mm. Them talk about the thing I've thrown as opposed to, I can't work out this math equation. Oh, I don't know what it is. We develop these systems for ourselves. Mm. Um, yeah, if that makes sense. Like. Yeah, yeah, no, it does. Um, and you said something that is quite interesting to me. You said about the, um, the way that they teach in schools nowadays. Yeah. Um, I've had this discussion with with a couple other people before, yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I think it'd be interesting to hear your perspective on it. Yeah, but um, I've heard people say that the school system is designed to just make you a worker. Yes, and um, it's not designed for you to be, um, I don't know, like a business owner or someone yeah. who understands the way everything works. One hundred percent. How do you feel about that? Um, I agree to a certain point. It is based of how the system is initially. But just with education in general, um, especially in this day and age with technology, you know, Google, whatever, like, you know, we've got so much access to certain things. Mm. Um, you can learn whatever you want to learn. Mm, you I can, agree. You can do, you know, the only limits is are ourselves to be set to a degree. Yeah, you know, there are systems and there are things that are trying to prevent progression of certain groups of individuals, blah, 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 blah. And I totally agree with that. But at the end of the day, if you really want to learn something, just as if you really want to rob a bank or you really want to get those trainers or you really you will find a way. If that's your focus and your motivation, you're going to do it. Um, yes, the system, um, the school education system is uh, very limited. 
and I think it's done deliberately, especially in a public, um, you know, communal aspect. Mm. If you go to a community school, um, the resources will be limited, uh, especially nowadays they're converting a lot of schools and there's another thing I need to kind of be clear on. An academy is not a school. Mm. What's the difference? Because uh, I was in a secondary school that got yeah. turned into an academy right. as soon as I left. Right. So <laughs> what's that about? What, what, is it not just... Um, okay. The, the, this is my, my understanding because mm. I looked into because anytime something like that for me changes I'll be like what the hell, what's the point then why change it if it's the same thing why change it why is it a different name <laughs> no no everything is very specific especially when it comes to language I'm very hot on language and words and stuff but anyway mm. a school is a place that is normally okay within the context of say um, what we consider to be a school mm. a school is a place of learning where children go to learn basic you know um English maths so that will help them in life to equip them for life. Okay, um, it's normally run by the, the local government. It's mm. owned by the government. The government have influence on that, and their 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 money comes in from the government. That's how it's funded. The school's funded. There's a budget, educational budget, blah, blah blah blah, that goes out. Each school has a certain amount that they're given. Blah, blah, blah. That's again, that's to my understanding. An academy is a place of academics. So an academics is a place where you learn something it could be anything however if i make the place of academics be english maths and science geography then i've come to a college like a college is a place of academics but a college is normally used or based of a certain um what they call it extended learning so after a certain point after the basic um you know primary secondary you'd go into college or then or from college and go to university mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so but an academy is like is, can offer multiple things. They can remove subjects, they can add subjects, they can specialize in specific subjects. Schools in general may be good at certain things like music, but they're not necessarily specialized. Also, in an academy, it's a business. It's a completely business structure. Is it privatized? Essentially, so think about it in a simple. I suppose it's like a privatized school, but. Um, the structure where that is is strictly business. So there's, that's <laughs> crazy. Children, every child that's in an academy has a price on them. Literally, it's like the business of children. I know it sounds a bit mad to say it that way, but that's essentially what it is. Um, the more needed the child is, the more, you know, if this is, you know, there's a, the child is from some kind of deprived area and such, that child is worth more because other institutions and Sponsors will give money, or the government will also give money mm. for projects specifically yeah. for. Again, for example, there's a heavy thing on reducing youth violence. Mm. So, if you had a cohort of students who have come in from a place of youth violence and this and the other, there's a certain injection of money that you can access mm. as an academy, you know, or a non profit organization. Mm. Yeah, you need to look into these things. Um, and you're selling mm. education to children. I think that might have been what happened in the school I was in because yeah. the school I was in was quite um, notorious. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of uh, bad things happened there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like um, someone had died, someone had killed someone else. Uh, probably about 20 of my friends got stabbed. It was wow. okay. it was like a crazy school. And yeah. once my yeah. year left, yeah, then they got rid of like all the teachers, yes, uh, right. changed the whole That's building. Like sweep. sweep. Yeah, Get and turn them. it into an academy. But yeah. probably because of what you said, where they're trying to prevent uh, the youth violence, mm-hmm. maybe they've, got loads of funding from the government to do it mm-hmm. um and because of the stigma of that school mm-hmm. they were able to do what needed to be done to change it like yes that. i agree but i also think there's a partial kind of divisive nature towards that because 
all of the schools that initially turned to academies have always been run down into the ground. There's always some kind of negative connotation, mm. like you said, you know, um, you know, stabbings, bloody blood, all these kind of negative things mm. that happen. So just, and again, that, that's not to say that that isn't true or that isn't happening, but instead of just trying to reform the school and look at the school for what it is and um, manage the school, they just shut it down. It's like having a club in it. Once mm. there's a shooting in a club, the license gets lost. Mm. You don't have to close it down, rename it. Reopen it again And mm. we're back to the beginning Hey Bruv that's the same stool I sat on like mm. Two years ago bruv Don't try it bruv That's the same stool <laughs> the, the, the towels are the same bruv it's, mm. it's got the same cracks in it Like don't try it But like That's what they do It's like a rebranding thing Yeah And um, Schools now Are essentially A brand That's why you got franchise How can you have multiples Of the same school Well there's one mm. over here There's one over there There's one blah 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 yeah, I'm not gonna name any names But you know who you are innit Yeah <laughs> I think the school That I went to Is a franchise now So mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard Of this uh, the franchise Globe Academy because there's no, a few I of them I haven't heard it but, but yeah but, but, it became but yeah. Uh, that's what the school I used to go to became and the thing is when you have these academies they get sponsorship that means essentially nowadays you can essentially get funding from any place you can have a Tesco school a Sainsbury school yeah and what happens is, is when you own that you can then influence the curriculum what goes in it the way it's structured you can modify certain things as long as it's under Ofsted, it, it still fits under the structure of Ofsted. What they look for when they come to report and stuff like that, and observe, you will be able to again influence how they learn and stuff like that. Mm. So, for example, in you know my you know experience of working, the lessons are very rigid. Every teacher has uh, so, for example, all the all the lessons are electronic, so there's no books on the tables. Mm. Hardly, really like hardly. laptops and iPads. Um, and stuff yeah, like. we got um, um, after the especially the um, pandemic, mm. our particular establishment all had iPads. Every student has an iPad. Mm. Yeah, I understand why they did it essentially because you can't be you know telling people to go online and have this online learning. You don't even have a physical device to use. Obviously, mm. based off how much you know your budget is, you know your economics of your household and such. Obviously, and again, the school is focused primarily on you know a lot of the privates. You know. Students and such like that, mm. families and such, and they do a lot in the community. Don't get me wrong; it's it's, it's good what they do, um, but that's one of the main thing. The intake, um, we have a high intake of um, refugees and such, mm. um, and other communities that are you know exposed to like different levels of violence and such like that, and, and trauma and such like that. So, mm. um, but yeah, so they they they, they brought in all that said, all the electronic devices and such, so that they can then go online and all the things on like powerpoints. Mm. So each um, member of staff, even though you could be, again, the, the math teacher, the science teacher, your slide is the same as everyone else's slide. So you can't put your own spin on it. You can't have your own flavour. It's like it's like having dry chicken. <laughs> like, <laughs> everyone's getting served the same thing. You're just a person, just a different person serving it. Mm. And it doesn't allow the flexibility or that person to kind of embed their self into their subject and show their passion and then deliver it in a certain way. So especially because... And, this, and also some of the PowerPoints, like, there's so many mistakes in them, like, or things that are just like, that's just not true, or that's mm. not how, that's, that's, that needs to be changed. But so is this an rigid. issue for regular schools or for academies? Um, or for both? I'd say for, it depends on how the academy is running it. Mm. I can't speak for all because I haven't been in all, but I can only speak from my experience. And um, it is just very rigid. Mm. It doesn't allow that creativity. It doesn't allow... Um, for students to ask questions even though they've got certain models of yes get them to ask questions but if the initial thing is so dry and 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 you know 
understimulating. No one's going to want to ask questions. And the ones that do want to ask questions, you're too busy telling them to shut up and stop talking because it's the same energy. Mm. And, and the other aspects as well is when you deliver things in a certain way, it doesn't matter who it is. Like even as an adult, you know, oh, you should be, you should be, you know, sit down and focus. Yeah, but it's dead. It's, it's boring. Like it's, mm. You're still going to get bored. And as a child, you're going to get even more bored because yeah. the world is like, you know, you're just learning to do new things all at once. Uh. And um, yeah, if you don't make something interesting, why would you want to learn it? Do you know what I mean? If, why would you sit and watch a movie that was just dry? The acting's dry, the the the, the actors are dry, the environment, the story, everything is just dry, it's just mm. dead. So, and then you expect them to then write an, a, a, a five-page review on the deadest film ever, when mm. all you felt was like, I want to go home now, I'm just, just waiting for this, I'm just waiting for this to finish. That was... So you know they're I mean? just not engaging, like the classes and the structure is just not engaging well, at this minute. It's not, but then it's just a thing. It doesn't allow the freedom of the teacher to, to make, make it, it more. Exactly. Mm. So there's no flavour. That's what I'm trying to say. There's no flavour. Mm. And um, yes, depending on the, you know, the, the individual, they may, you know, see their own flavour or, or buckle down or learn a skill to be patient. You know, I mean, these are the things that we call, um, like a lot of children nowadays have very poor um, executive functions. So do you know what, you know what executive function? No, what does that mean? Okay, so it's um, executive function or executive functions. Essentially, what we use to govern, like how to basically when to speak, when not to speak, mm. um, how to engage, how to take things like criticism, positively or negatively, like that process that we go through before we make a decision. Um, if you have poor executive functions, if I say to you, brother, man, I like your jacket, brother, you... Like, what you just what do you mean you like my jacket what you want to jack me you want to steal my jacket <laughs> like things like that mm. and you'll find a lot of um students or young people growing up don't have that because it's also linked to all the other things like social emotional mental health because where they don't engage in the same way everything's all computer everything's all mm. social media and stuff like that it disconnects us mm. and um because that now they can't then read things like body language you know it's almost if like for example someone is um on the autistic spectrum mm. they very have find it very difficult they have very very poor executive function and they can't tell when somebody's being serious or not they can't tell if someone's angry or not they can't because they're not able to to differentiate or break down oh this is what they mean or not every single person who speaks to me means the same thing even though they're saying the same words mm. they don't have the ability to to filter kind of thing and um if you've been away for so long especially again covid you know the two years lockdown all that kind of stuff it has a massive effect on that even as us mm. as some adults um, I know some people that used to be out all the time and now they're just kind of reserved like it it, it destroyed a lot of, of, of people um, mentally and emotionally kind of thing mm. but um, so I know going around around the circles but yeah um, so yeah so being in the school being in the system and the structure it doesn't allow um, to put a spin on it and if these children already have that poor you know executive function they're going to find that challenging obviously some have more better than others it just depends on their household and their environments obviously there's loads of variables, but um, just as a general concept, mm. there's a higher amount now. There's a lot. There's a lot more of that happening, and um, yeah, that's what causes the, the the education to not be as good. Mm. Teachers' hands are tied. The students have already got their issues, but they're not being addressed, and then that becomes a behavior thing. And that's where again, things like where I come in, where I have to do all those things. Mm. But teachers are not taught, um, especially if just like a newly qualified teacher, they're not taught about behavior. There might be a little module in their little thing, you know, when they, you know, doing their qualifications and learning. Oh, mm. how to do behavior, blah, 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 blah. 
you know, mini, you know, mini disruptions in the classroom. How do you deal with this? You know, group dynamics, mm. like um, you know, even something as simple as moving people around. You know, you know, oh, well, I'm gonna move you from here to the other side of the room. Mm. Oh, oh, Johnny, stop doing that. I'm gonna sit you next to Jenny. Oh, I don't want to sit next to Jenny when she smells. Oh, you can't say that. <laughs> you know what I mean, but it's true. But why does Jenny smell? Though? Why do I have to put next to Jenny? The teacher has that 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 control, and um. Why does Jenny smell? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Do you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, we all know mm. someone else. Like, you know, we've been mm. through that. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's a thing where um, teachers are not taught how to actively deal with behaviour, mm. um, and even as a human being, like, and culturally within, say, in, in you know, in this country, like, we don't really deal with things directly. We're very indirect. We're very um, elusive in the way that we do things, and. Um, being a teacher and dealing with a child that's from a demographic or culture that you have absolutely no understanding of, mm. you know, he, them speaking to you in a certain way, you you might find that threatening, especially if you're not from the ends in it. So, mm. and this is what happens. You see, there's a contrast between those that attend the school and those that are teaching and the disconnect between the understanding. Mm. So even for the teachers, I mean, you mentioned before about the teacher and the learner as a teacher, you should also be learning at the same time. Mm. You have to learn how your learners learn or your students learn you have to learn what works for them and what doesn't. Mm. You have to learn about yourself and how you come across. Am I even saying the thing that I think? Is it, are they receiving the thing? And um, how can I make it better? Just as you want them to improve, it's the same thing. It's like a mirror, yes, you know. It's like when they say, like, um, there's not there's not poor students, there's poor teachers, only poor teachers, you know, mm. or like with dogs. There's not bad dogs, there's bad owners. It's the same kind of concept. Mm. And... Um, yeah, I forgot what was going with this, but yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. yeah, based on um, mm. all of these uh, factors mm. um, and back to the initial point of um, do schools uh, like guide you into just being a worker yes. or do they um, care about your personal development? Um, I have a theory on it mm-hmm. and you tell me if, uh, if if you agree or if yeah. you disagree, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that it's kind of by necessity that, that they do just teach people to be workers. It's like they have to because mm-hmm. they've like... Um, They've had to do it on a systematic level. They've had to like right. um, make so many schools mm-hmm. um, guide so many children that it doesn't. It's, it's, it seems impossible to give them all the one-to-one tailored experience to make them be the best they could ever be. Mm-hmm. Surely you have to make something across the board where it's like, okay, this is the basics. We're going to give everyone the basics, mm-hmm. and then what they do from that point on is down to them. If they become a multi-millionaire CEO because they've taken the time outside of school to work on something mm. then good for them but okay. it's yeah. not it's not guaranteed by going through the school program because the school program has to be just the basics yeah that's my theory yeah. on it yeah. but yeah what, what do you think about it um first of all i agree totally that there has to be a basic kind of structure like there is a go-to there is going to have to be some form of you know if you want to call it a conveyor belt type system mm. because you are going through cohorts as you know year 70 year 11 then they leave and then so on continues so there has to be that kind of structure which is true um, however, what they put in the structure is what I'm more focused on in the sense mm. of what else are you teaching them? You know, what modules or what kind of processes are they going through that you're also including? And if you omit information, that means you're not giving someone the opportunity to do with what they will. So whether they throw it in a bin or whether they, like I said, they become a, you know, a multimillionaire, mm. um, they still need to have that, op- that option. They still need to have that informed choice. I've shown you this. These are things that can help you as opposed to, well, I'm not teaching you this, I'm not teaching you that. 
if you decide to learn that afterwards and become a millionaire, that's your business. Like, but <laughs> we're not teaching you how to be a millionaire. Because if you think about it logically, because mm. I'm going to kind of bounce off that thing what you're saying about the theory. Think about this, Shane. If I taught you mm. and everyone knew how to be a millionaire and everyone followed it like the same way, like a conveyor belt system, you know, bit by bit, mm. there would be no millionaires. Because it, it would just, by row and logic, devalued. exactly. Mm. It would cancel each other out. It would just cancel it out. If we all knew the same thing, we could all run, you know, like your same boat. There'd be no no same boat. There wouldn't, it wouldn't be a big deal. Mm. But it's because there is not many of, that's what gives it the, the inherent value. So by deliberately omitting information or making the information, that knowledge, less accessible, not inaccessible, but less, mm. um, you then increase the value of those that do have it they stand out more because they have something that others don't. Mm. It's just like like back in the day, like even <laughs> like um, I've got two children and um, my son, like I play, I'm a gamer, I'm sure I mentioned this before, mm. like growing up, playing games. Anyway, and um, he's playing a game and he's like, oh, daddy, I know how to do this move. I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. How'd you do it? And I said, to, I said to him, how'd you do it? Because I'm not telling you. I was like, <laughs> what? Mm. You're not telling me that. I said like, because yeah, I'm not telling you. I said, well, why not? I said, oh, because then you'll be able to do it. I was like, mm. so essentially, you just want to win because <laughs> by the point that I'm not going to be able to mm. do the thing that you can do, and it's a similar kind of thing. If I don't, if I know how to do something, if I know how to plumb, mm. I know how to do electrical stuff, then I don't have to pay someone else. We mm. pay people to do things that we can't do, but we knowledge can all do power, it exactly. Mm. Or the application of knowledge is power. Mm. You can know something, but it's useless if you don't know how to use it or apply it. Mm. So that's the wisdom. Um, you can have loads again. You can have all these books. Mm. If you don't apply what you've read, what's the point? Mm. You, know I mean? you know what I mean. So, mm. but um, but yeah. So in that instance, it's like that is, I think, part of that system when it comes to education. Of I'm not going to tell you the the reason why. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to mm. remove pages of the book that shows you how to get there and stuff. Like that. I'm just going to teach you what happens. Do you know what I mean? If you watch movies and all you saw was the end of it, mm. you know, don't know how you got there. I yeah. just saw the happy ending. And this is where, again, goes back to the thing I said originally about the lack of patience. Mm. You know, this instant, instantaneous, um, you know, I want to win kind of mentality, this kind of gratification, this, um, and then that goes back into the psychology, you know, and, and the biology, you know, the dopamine fiends and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? All, I want all the likes. I exist because of the likes. And then mm. you become, you start to then use external things to verify the internal things, which really is the other way around. Mm. And you stop being an individual. You just become a product mm. of the educational system or whatever else you've been exposed to within our society. Um, but yeah, where am I going with this? <laughs> you're saying, you're saying, okay, um, about, you said, you said about education, you're saying, that, um, do I think that that conveyor belt is a necessity thing? And you're saying... So based on yeah. what you've said, yeah, 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 I think what your stance is, yeah. is that... Yeah, we do have to do it in some sort of conveyor belt system. Uh-huh. But there are certain things they're choosing to teach the children yes. that are not as useful as certain things they're choosing not to teach the 100%, children. 100%. I think 100%. that's what you're saying. Essentially, yeah. Essentially, yeah. That's right. And my comeback to that would be mm-hmm. the things that are... There are certain things that are like vital human information. Like mm-hmm. We need to know it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if school is where, they, where you should learn these things. Okay. So, for Fair example, enough. one of the things is... Uh, relationship dynamics mm-hmm. you like every most people yeah uh want to be with somebody in it they want to have like some sort of partner that they can live life and live life with and yeah. i think it's best for communities and for individuals to have somebody yeah um but school doesn't teach that that's something you ha- kind of have to freestyle and work out along your 
your I journey. suppose because that's an experience based thing. I mean, that's a different part of learning. You know, that's a kind of kinesthetic learning. You physically have to go through that thing in mm. order for it to register. But there may be a way mm. that they could show you certain fundamentals. Yeah, mm. like they could they could structure it into a class and explain to you <laughs> certain red flags. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess this is how you chat to girls. Like this mm. is how you chat to, to guys. Like. Yeah, I mean, or just to say this is what a girl is. Yeah. This is t- t- typically this is how they process information. Yeah. This is what a guy is. I typically, agree. 100%. this is how they process information. I think personally, um, behavioral psychology in general, mm. the concept of how we behave as humans and things like logical reasoning, critical thinking, should be taught in schools as a baseline. Mm. Um, but again, to me, that's just one of those things they deliberately omit because they don't want free thinkers. They don't want you to mm. elaborate or think, oh, the school system's trash or the school system's amazing. They don't even want to give you the ability to do that because, again, it's that conveyor belt. Um, things like relationship stuff, yes, you do have to go through those things. You do have to um, experience them. Have your own understanding of it mm. and have your own understanding of yourself, which is part of your journey. You know, you do have to like mess up and get hurt and get heartbroken and get mm. stamped, whatever. And work out what you like, what you don't like, 100%, all them sort of things. 100%. Mm. Um, and that's why I think if you give someone like the baseline psychology of, okay, this is why I may feel like this or this is where I may not feel like this, it's not guaranteed, but I have a content, I have a folder that I can reference mm. now as opposed to I'm just going through it and it's just the only person. Don't understand why exactly. you're feeling the way you're feeling. And exactly. All that. Mm. And, and again, that's something that I um, do with my children. I make sure that, you know, there's no, you can't ask a question. There's no such thing as a silly question. Mm. Um, always ask it, doesn't matter. Um, it's not about being right or wrong. It's about what is, and and it's about now and how you feel and I, and, and valuing that kind mm. of thing. Um, when you're taught that there's only one way to do things and you can't think anything else outside of that, and if you do, you get shut down, then that causes a problem. Mm. Um, so yeah, they'll come to me if anything. They'll say this. <laughs> they'll say crazy stuff like, but um, I say crazy, but then to me, if I think about it, no, that's great because like children, you know, even like teenagers. Um, they're there for a reason. They're meant to be rebels on purpose because society, you know, normalcy is stagnation. If everything's mm. normal, if we all do the same thing, what's new? Mm. They bring that new thing. They'll look at me like, oh, that's rubbish. I don't want to wear that. I want to wear my trousers down my ankles. I want to <laughs> put my hat on back- backwards. I want to make a crazy dance. I want to be loud because everyone's quiet. Mm. I mean, they always do the opposite, but that's the whole point. That's the whole point of their existence in that sense of to, to bring to raise that vibration. That's why little mm. children run around and adults are standing there going, oh, this is too fast. I can't keep up with them. Uh. <laughs> Whereas, yeah, their days last longer and they have more energy, but our days go quicker and we do nothing. <laughs> mm. It's like the complete opposite. Um, but yeah, so but yeah. so that, so that one of the issues is the relationship dynamic. Yeah? Yes. That's, that's something that they don't teach. Mm-hmm. But it is valuable information that yes. everyone does need to know. Yes. Another yes. example of that would be like money. Yes. So everyone needs to understand what money, well, in the Western world yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. needs to understand what money is and how to use it uh-huh. and what it actually is, what uh-huh. the concept of it is. Mm-hmm. And um, without that understanding, you're going to have loads of trouble throughout life because it's a fundamental part of life over here in this Western well, world. In, in how society operates, it is. Yeah. Yes. So, um, but again, I think both of those things mm. and and there's probably like loads more other things that mm. are very vital pieces of information. I, I don't think that schools should have to teach that. I think that's stuff that it should be maybe parents. Mm-hmm. And if your parents are not really in your life, then it should maybe be self-taught or mm-hmm. by your community, by your peers. Maybe we should be part of stronger communities instead of being all individualistic. Okay. 
So that's what I think. But I, I, what, no, no, what, I agree. How do you feel that. about it? But then the question is: Is this where do they get that individual that information from? Who delivers that? Where would they archive that? Because remember, with schools, mm. schools, you spend how many hours of your life from a child from you know one to whatever sixteen, eighteen, whatever of people that you don't really know teaching you stuff. That's also part of your core development of your brain, of your mm. of your physical, of your experience. If we had our own schools and we did have that as our curriculum and we did all the things that you said as in like a unit or a family or a village something, mm. then most definitely I would agree with that concept. Um, but if the majority of the time where you're growing up and the key points or the key milestones of you developing, you're exposed to these people, that's the best time to insert it because that's the best way that you'll be able to maximise um that experience and you'll be able to um get the most out of that individual they can mm. be you know the best version of themselves kind of thing as opposed to oh wait the door's closed now you can still learn it afterwards but it's an add-on it's not part mm. of it it's not it's not ingrained into the system you're mm. adding it on top of the system which mm. is not so you have to make the extra effort yes to make yes. it happen Whereas, uh, and that's what like, again, it's like, it's like if you teach a child another language, a second language, when they're mm. like three, four, five, it's no effort, it's nothing. They're not mm. fighting against anything. There's no resistance. They're just doing it. Bam, bam, bam. You can teach them multiple languages and you just normalize. Mm. It's cool. Try to teach a child uh, a language in secondary school now. So remember, we've gone from primary into secondary school. Their brain's already developed or gone through a certain stage already where they mm. fixed certain things become solidified. Like after seven, I think it's up to zero to seven. It's solidified certain points like your reasoning, your rationale. And that's why you get these different types of behavior. Mm. Some are learnt. Some are actually just neurological things. They just had their brains made. Mm. You didn't try to tell them like, you know, year seven, like learn French. I'd be like, why am I learning French for? I speak English. What's the point? Mm. You've already got them to do their A, B, C, D, E, F, G, blah, 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 phonics. Now I learn another language. Like, why? Mm. I can just about speak English. <laughs> mm. You want me to learn that language? So if you get then you know, and, and that's what makes it more difficult. So that's why I think, you know, as you said, yes, the whole village thing or you should learn that there should be different social groups that will teach you these things yes they should be they should be reinforcing those things mm. um and validating those things and giving the purpose or the application of those things because i think it's important to see the application of what you've learned so that you know that it's valuable mm. as a you know as a 11 12 year old you're not going to see the value of speaking french i've never been to france before mm. I, don't I, intend on going. I don't intend on going mm. why am i spending an hour when i can do pe i love pe it's fun like mm. that's a no-brainer who's not going to do that why eat a bunch of food that you don't like when you can eat something that you can spend the same amount of time and money and whatever and energy and effort, something that you would. Mm. And that's just basic logic. But then also telling a child to then go against that. Mm. So it becomes confusing. No, I hear you. Do you know what and I'm saying? I hear you. And and it what you're saying, yeah, makes me mm. think of um, this phenomenon. Um, I don't know what it's called, yeah, but mm -hmm. for the sake of conversation, I'm going to call it the opt-out phenomenon, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Where basically... Um, a good example of it is uh, with the organ donor thing. Mm -hmm. So before it was a thing where on GP, you, you didn't yeah, yeah. have to donate your That's organs, right. didn't it? And right. it's like, if you wanted to, you would have to opt in. Mm -hmm. So because of that, nobody done it. Yeah, Only yeah. a few people, some people did do it, yeah, but yeah. the overwhelming majority of the population didn't do it because mm -hmm. it takes effort of them actually going out of their way and then opting in. They have to fill out a form mm -hmm. and send it off. So what they've done is they reversed it where it was like, you're automatically in mm -hmm. and you can opt out. Mm -hmm. And then because it evolves, like it's filling out a piece of paper to mm -hmm. opt out, most people are just on the list now, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because, mm -hmm. and the same with pensions and stuff like that, That's where it's right. like, if you have to make any considerable effort, most mm -hmm. people won't do it. 
Even if it's literally just filling out a form, just putting mm-hmm. your name on mm-hmm. it, ticking a few boxes, mm-hmm. most people won't do it because it's mm-hmm. too much out of what they, like yeah, yeah. they have to actually make effort and most people don't want to make effort. So I think it's the same with this sort, this sort of concept with learning stuff. Yeah? It's like if it's outside of school, yeah? if it's something mm-hmm. that you have to learn in your own time, yeah. most people will never learn it. But if it's something that is just built into the curriculum, yeah. most people already know it just mm. because they have to. They, mm. they, it's just part of the basics. Like most people learn English and maths yes. because it just is where it is. Everyone. Yeah. Well, well you're it. taught that it has value, inherent value. You're yeah. taught that if you don't have, if you're technically you're kind of bumped into it because it's like, well, if you don't learn English, you won't get a job. You won't. Mm. So you're told the outcome or the result or the consequence of not doing this. It's but like, everyone knows yeah. that if you're bad with money, mm-hmm you you don't it's not great for you anyway everyone knows mm-hmm. that everyone knows that the more money you have the better off like you have you you're not worried about mm-hmm. like people knocking down your door for money or mm-hmm. you're not worried you can buy whatever you want everyone knows that just inherently based on the structure of society you see mm-hmm. people with money they're more like people like them more. they like that because they have um i don't know they're cool they're celebrities whatever mm-hmm. they have mm-hmm. like nice clothes whatever it is they they give you um like a better feeling than someone who you can see is really struggling with money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So everyone kind of already knows that, but the fact that it involves actually studying it outside of school, Mm. because schools are not teaching it. That's right. That's right. um, It makes it where most people just put it on the back burner and never really even consider learning it. Well, yes. And and no, because I think that that's more down to things like, again, it's like higher education. Mm. The, the default thing for normal education, you know, again, like primary to secondary, you don't have a choice. You're forced into it. Mm. Whereas if I choose, like, for example, I go to college and mm. I, I want to study insert subject here. Yeah. Um, that's my choice. And that's my motivation because I want to. I have mm. autonomy. Whereas when you, you know, zero to, to, you know, 16, you have no autonomy. You're not classed as an adult. You can't make no decisions. You're not classed as this, that, and the other. Mm. Whereas when you leave, you have certain... Um, privileges and certain other things the money aspect um yes it's true if you've got more money you have more um options options and such freedoms freedoms but then at the same time are you though because just as everything else everyone always wishes for more of what they don't have and we also don't know the experiences of those people that do have money what comes of it so Mm. for example let's say you you are a rich person but now i have to have a bodyguard now i have to mm. have this these are all factors that you don't think about because now you don't need a bodyguard you don't have to watch your shoulder mm. you don't have to think about oh, when i get out of my car someone's going to jump me blah 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 unless obviously you have a certain lifestyle obviously <laughs> you know what i mean like, but the point is that there's always going to be something that comes with that something there are intricacies yeah. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to make it sound super simple yeah, yeah, yeah. so no, there no, are no, definitely no. um yeah. intricacies so the more money you have the more factors that brings on every mm-hmm. whatever decision you make it has its own factors and intricacies mm. But it's fair to say that if you not if you understand money more, yes, of course, then you will do better in a world that's kind of controlled by money. And I of say course. the Western world is kind of controlled mm. by money. One hundred percent, it's capitalism. capitalism. Yeah. of course, of course. So, so because of that, because of that understanding, um, the question is: mm. Is it worth learning it in school, or is it worth? What's the difference between learning it in school and learning it outside of school? And I think. Because I have a way, it's, you're better off if you yeah, learn it. 100%, 100%, but 100%. I think the reason why it's better to learn it outside of school, yeah, is because 
you're when in my experience anyway, anything mm. that I've actually made an effort to learn myself, yeah, I've really learned it. Yes. Whereas yes. if it's yes. like I have to do it, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of just jumping through hoops. I'm just doing what I have to do, right? Just, just to, to get by. Yeah, yeah, of course. Just just to, just to tick the boxes and such like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I have to really want to do something, and I think that level of of desire mm-hmm. uh, accompanied with uh, any any particular goal, yeah, like that adds definitely that, that definitely. gives you that acceleration. Definitely. 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 I mean, especially because, again, as you said, you it's your design, your motivation. And it, again, like I said, it's that choice. It's, you know, you have autonomy. I decided to do this. I have an idea. I have a vision. And this is what I'm going to go through to do it. There's no one there telling you to do it. There's no one there telling you, even if you do it wrong or right, there's no one there telling you that. Obviously, yes, you know, you can have friends and family saying, no, I'm well done and blah, blah, giving a pat on the back and stuff. But it's still you. Mm. And that's part of our, our your journey or our journey as an individual. Mm. Um, and yes, that's what gives it more value because you know you've done it yourself. It's like again, it's like working out that riddle yourself. You, no one's telling you the answers. You've worked it out, and you also give it the value of what it means. Mm. You know the journey that you've gone through. You know what books you've read. You know how many hours. You know, you know, you filling out. You know how much notes you made, and so on. Um, and that's what gives it the value. And that's what gives it. So I, I agree um, that. Um, and I suppose, um, but but again, on the flip side, again, mm. I still feel that you should still be exposed to the concept. Mm. As I said, you can, you know, it's like that whole saying, you know, you can um, bring a horse to the water, but you can't make them drink it. Mm. You still should be able to provide the water. Mm. You still should be able to say, look, this is what the world works. This is certain concepts and systems. Here's a book you could read. Mm. You don't have to. At least you've heard of the book. At least, you know, here's a website that you could visit at some point in your life. You don't have to read it. Mm. But at least I know at some point in my life, that's how we've got like the, um, the Citizens Advice Bureau, like, there's so much things out there. They're just signposting to stuff that already exists. They're not telling you anything that's new. Mm. You know, there's nothing new under the sun in that concept. But at least in school, if they give you the basic foundation, which is essentially what they're meant to do to navigate life in this, you know, the Western Hemisphere, because obviously mm. you'll be more specific, you should be able to say, here's a book on read, um, you know, like, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, whatever. Mm. That whole concept of what's in there should be ingrained into it. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think in school, just the baseline, just as you learn the basic English, math and science, mm. in order for you to function in society. Unless, as I said before, as an institution, just like things like the legal institutions or the laws, they they are working because they're by design. It's designed to be that way. Mm. And and I have read um, initially when it comes to the, the general populace of you know education, the person that kind of created it um, or at least initially kind of got, you know, the idea and the concept was, you know, I want my workers to be able to read the time on the analog clock. I want them to be able to be hygienic so that, um, you know, they keep clean and they understand them. So, you know, brush their teeth, you know, mm. eat, you know, three meals a day, but all these kind of rules and regulations and these kind of structures um, so that they didn't die. Mm. <laughs> it had nothing to do with their actual well-being as I mm. genuinely care about. Well, so they could deliver a service. There you go. They won't be able to deliver a service if, if they're dying. Right, yeah. exactly. And that's why I'm just saying, literally, so you're just a bot, you know. Mm. And um, that's where the, like, con- the system come from initially. I feel like there should be something in society mm-hmm. that brings people to that basic level. Mm. And I think school is a good thing for that. Like, bring people to the basic level yeah, yeah. so that then mm. what they do after that is on them. Yeah, because yeah, really, yeah, yeah, your whole yeah. life is on you. Because 100%. even though school is available, mm-hmm. you could just never go. 
that you could true. just and your your parents might be prosecuted for it but if mm-hmm. you you could just not care about them yeah. you could just yeah, do yeah. whatever you want to do and yeah, yeah. just opt out of any type of um uh, social effort or what yeah. social whatever you'd call it like yeah, any yeah. type of effort yeah, yeah. to bring you to a standard you could just opt out of it and people have 100%. there's plenty plenty of people who are not they don't know how to read they don't know how to do any maths mm-hmm. and they're just out here nobody's mm-hmm. thrown them in jail because of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just is where it is so mm. i think school is good for getting you to us i feel like everyone should know how to do basic yeah, maths 100%. and know how to read and yeah. know how to yeah. communicate yeah and i think one of the key principles or one of the um most valuable things to learn from school is how to interact with loads of different types of people 100 percent. and that as long as they're doing that as yeah. long as they're teaching people how to interact with um loads of different types of people That's by right. putting them in a school yeah and they're also learning the basics maths and english mm-hmm. and some of the other stuff is kind of like they could get rid of it. Yeah, so yeah. It's, like it's not really necessary. Like, as you say, French and mm-hmm. stuff like that. However, I can pause you for Go a second on. on that one. I don't think you should get rid of those languages. Mm. I just think that you need to, again, show why those languages and the application of what you're learning, what mm. gives it value. Mm. So if I say to you now, and I say this to my students, when you learn a new language, you actually learn another whole set of vocabulary. Mm. There are words and the that exist, yeah, and then we're thinking. So your your thinking is more dynamic. Um, there are words that exist in other languages that don't exist in the English language. The English language, I'm gonna get this could be a mad thing, whatever. But anyway, the English language is basically um, an equivocal language. It's very hidden. It's, 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 it's puzzles. It's, mm. You can learn it, but many don't actually even understand it. Even us, as you know, mm. we grew up, you know, we're native speakers, what have you. Um, it's a collection of loads of other languages. 100%. 100%. And again, things like the, the origins or the, the etymology of the words that they, you know, when you actually slap two words together, you don't even realize it. And then when someone actually breaks it down and says it, you're like, oh shit, that's what it means. Mm. Like, um, um, but yeah, um, but then again, back to the French thing. Like, if you teach a person to say, look, this is why, and mm. you give it value. So, for example, if you're going to teach French, Make it French day. Don't make it a French lesson. <laughs> because then it's like, well, you're not getting that, I mate, mean, until you speak French. Like, mm. Obviously, in an issue, but how can you force my child to speak? Blah, blah, blah. Mm. But essentially, it'll become second nature. It'll be nothing. Mm. Yeah, you won't be great all the time, but it doesn't matter. Not everyone, you're just, you all just won't be great all the time. That's mm. normal. And you just speak. You know, you get people like, oh, I'm going to speak English in the corner. Like, shh, speak English. Shh, shh. <laughs> like, <laughs> but the point is, the whole point is I'm trying to say is like, once you understand that concept, mm. again, whether you choose to continue to do it or not, that's obviously down to you. Those are the options. But mm. I think it's undervalued. Also, it, exp- it expands your your ability to work across job opportunities. Mm. I can do the same job. You can do this here. But in France, you can get French clientele to come in and speak their truths and such mm. and so on. And that's a whole other thing. There'll be someone else that has a completely different way of thinking, but they just live in France and they speak French. Mm. And as you said, the social aspect, the engagement, mm. I can now engage and expand. It's like having more followers on, on you know, on a social format. Isn't it? I definitely think it's so, valuable information. I think yeah. all knowledge has its value. Mm-hmm. Um, all different languages is all valuable. Mm. And as you say, when you learn a different language, you learn a different way of thinking. And, mm-hmm. um, and expression. So, yeah, and expression. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely valuable. Mm. But my point, my point is basically that I don't know if it's essential. Like the okay. essential parts are, I would say, maths and mm, English mm, mm, mm. and then communicating with people, people skills. Yeah. As long as you know those basics, yes. you can work everything else out. Yes, you can, yes, if you want, yes, you yes. can start learning some other language and yes. you can yeah. like immerse yourself in that community. And that's mm-hmm. probably the easiest way to learn it if 100%. you go to the place and get to know the people and 
Like yeah, that I think that's um, that's like so so mm-hmm. that's my stance on it in regards to uh, the narrative that schools are literally just trying to make you be a worker. I yeah. think they I think they're just trying to give you the basics, and that's it. As long as you know the basics, then you can function out here. And I think that's really what they want. They want mm. you to be able to function in society. And you got to think of well, the way I look at it is like objectively. Imagine. No, I'm not myself. I'm yeah. just looking at the human, yeah, like yeah, yeah. the society. Yeah, yeah. From above and, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah and I'm yeah. thinking, okay, how do I get these people to be able to function amongst themselves? Mm-hmm. How do I get them to be able to be on a certain level of mm-hmm. understanding where it's just not completely different planets talking to each other? Mm-hmm. And I think you have to have some sort of yes. uniform, basic yes. training that everybody knows. I agree. So, However... Is the uniform basic training enough for them to even function in the society which created it? That's complicated. It's like, what do you mean by function? Okay, okay. So (laughs) when I say function, in other words, Mm. is the teaching fit for purpose so that when you go out in the road, you can actually engage in society correctly. Mm. You can become an active citizen. You can contribute. You can do all of the things that you said, you know, I think so. I think even the students that they finished their uh, GCSEs yeah, without any GCSEs and mm-hmm. they, they don't get any good grades. They was in the bottom set the whole way through mm-hmm. secondary school. Mm-hmm. I think even that person mm-hmm. can have a normal conversation. It's like they're not like I completely agree. like... No, 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 no. But that's the thing. That's not... Um, I don't mean to kind of, um, kind of misunderstand the fact of like... I don't think that anyone that has an A star in geography and whatever or English donates a level of intelligence or the ability to engage in society. I don't believe that. I strongly believe you know i fully believe that you don't have, you don't necessarily have any gcse or mm. anything like that in order for you to get where you want to go or to be something but i think you even yeah. though you didn't get any grades yeah. Yeah, you yeah. learned a lot whilst you was in school of course and i of think course. the key part was being able to communicate with different people of even course. when you're chilling with your friends you're bantering whatever it is that's right you're that's building right. your social interaction skills mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's really what i think that's one of the basics that has been installed into everybody who went school like mm-hmm. if you never went school, yeah, then maybe you will struggle to have even any type and, of interaction. And I know what, and I know what that looks like mm-hmm. because I've worked with you know individuals that have been homeschooled. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like the flip side. Okay, they know all of this stuff. It's amazing. You know, what I mean, they're banging out the lessons, but they can't talk to their student. Mm-hmm. Socially them, awkward. That's right. Mm-hmm. They don't know when to. They talk over the teacher because they know the answer, but they don't know how to take turns or to win what's socially appropriate and stuff mm-hmm. to do certain things. So they lack, again, that executive function because it had never, there was no reason for them to be checked on it because mm. if your mum's teaching you or sit there and read a book and it's between you and the book, mm. the book's not going to argue with you. <laughs> do you know what I mean? For real. Do you know what I mean? So, but the person across the table might do. How do you deal with somebody going against what you've just said? Even, though if, even if what you said is true and correct and, you know, mm. ticks all the boxes. How do you deal with that? Well, I think you learn that mm. indirectly. Like there's not actually a teacher teaching you that. But right. you learn it just by being in close proximity to loads of people who see things differently. So that whole mm. thing where you might be saying something right, mm-hmm. but somebody's like adamant that you're wrong mm-hmm. and they're making a whole point about you being wrong, even mm-hmm. though you're right, mm-hmm. how do you deal with that? Mm-hmm. That's something you have to deal with yes. as a student, as as yes. somebody who's in a school, in yes. a public school, you're going to have people saying stuff like that to you. But then how do you then deal with that? Someone might just you know cater to that person mm-hmm. and then be agreeable, agreeableness it's not good. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Why yeah. do you say it's not good? Okay. Agreeableness is essentially um, joining them when you feel that there's it, it, it's too much effort to try and beat them. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I wouldn't categorize it as that. Have you ever read the book 48 Laws of Power? 
I've heard of it. It's like a bestseller. It's a yes. really popular book. Mm-hmm. A lot of people from the ends, a lot of like like yeah, to read that book. I know about that book. I know it's about one that. of them. I ones. can tell you a story about that actually. Go on. Um, okay, so many moons ago, I suppose it's probably if I think about it now, it's probably the first time I even went into like a open space to speak, mm. you know, your truth, whatever. And um, it was a a group that one of my friends told me about. I'm trying to remember who told me about it. Oh yeah, that's it. So one of my um, girlfriends at the time mm. was approached by this dude. He was like, oh, there's something about you. Like, I think there's something about you. You've got a certain energy. It's a certain vibe. Like, I want you to come to this thing. I want you to come to this thing. It's like a group um, gathering. People talk, you know I mean? We, we talk and we reason and um, we have topics and we discuss it. Mm. Um, I think you'll be good. You seem very opinionated. There's something about you. You've got opinion in it. So my friend was like, oh, so my girlfriend at the time, she's like, oh, Mark, man. Um, this guy came up to me and da, 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 da. he seemed a bit creepy, but... <laughs> but also, it seems to be all right still. Like, cause he mm. said, I can invite somebody. So, could you like come with me and we could go to this thing? Mm. I was like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. I'll go down there. And it was in um, Kentish Town, I think. The tricy- what's a tricycle theater? It was in Kentish Town. But anyway, tricycle theater, some little side room thing, whatever. And um, <laughs> it was weird. It's the first experience that I had where it's like, I felt like it was like some kind of. Pyramid scheme? Yeah, pyramid scheme mm. or some kind of think tank type thing. There's people in a circle, obviously, you go around and introduce yourself, blah, blah. And I felt like it was like some, like I felt like I was in some kind of movie. Like, you know, the ones like, that's, yeah, these people here, like, yeah, this guy, like, you look like that guy that knows something. Like, you you look like you're from the ends. You look like you're not even from, who are you? Like, what's, <laughs> like, what? Mm. Where you, where you get them crap from? Them crap up. Anyway, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, there's all different types of people, but it was nice. It's, mm. And that's the first time I've experienced Something like that at that point. And I think I was like, what, maybe like 20, 22, 23? Mm. Anyway, point is this. There was this guy, yeah. I'll never forget this guy. I think he, he looked like he's like Somali, Eritrean. Not that it really matters, but I'm just describing mm. him for the sake of this. Yeah, yeah. You know? And um, he used to always go back to back with this other person in the circle. And all he used to say was like, in the four year keys of power, yeah. Like you must never take the moral high ground because if you take the moral, like he was saying it like it was like the Quran. Like man was mm. like quoting it like back to back. Like when someone would say something, he would mm. just bust off one number keys sixty seven or whatever. Obviously mm. sixty seven is forty. So, but anyway, but it was just jokes. So that was my first experience of that, and I was like, "Ray, what is this book that this guy is talking from?" Like, da, 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 da. And at the time, I thought I was like um, in the church. Like I was, I was mm. a Christian, and I was like a young, you know, I was fire for Christ, you know. Another <laughs> <laughs> conversation. But anyway, um. So at that time, when I heard about that, the book, I thought, what's this book that this person? Mm. And then um, I spoke about it to somebody, in, you know, within the Christian community. And they were like, no, that, that, that's a devil's book. Mm. You know, don't don't listen to the guy that made the book. That this, He's a, a cultist. And blah, 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 blah. Mm. Robert Greene. Don't do that. Yeah, that's right. Mm. I actually watched a few of his videos, actually, that he comes across on social media. But mm. Very interesting Stuff now, I'm obviously open to enough stuff. Whether you are that thing or not, doesn't bother me. I'm not trying to like to me, it's about what are you saying, mm. why are you saying these things? You know, I'm not going to jump to conclusions, but anyway. So, um, yeah, that's how I learned about that book. Mm. And is that what the first is that? point you ever yeah. heard it referenced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And, um, I agree with certain things in there that I've heard, mm. um, because sometimes, like, I'm I'll listen to people that make videos on certain of the certain. Mm. points or certain you know keys key number this it means blah 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 like and what it means and they'll break it down 
And there are certain things that does make sense. And I understand why it exists and I understand the value of it as mm. well. But for me, um, I like that concept, not just because, oh yeah, you know, it's power, but I also think it's good to know that if someone's trying to do that to you, mm. if someone's employing those techniques and systems to you, um, I'm, and you know, like things like um, optical illusions and, mm. And I used to do martial arts and stuff, and um, I used to have obsessive ninjas when I was like a child. I was like, yeah, I don't want to be a ninja, like. But the whole idea, then I did my research into it, and a lot of the stuff that they do is all mind tricks. It's all deception. It's all concepts. It's all stories. It's all myths, and and um, the reason why I like them is not because I'm just because I wanted to be them, but it's also the idea of if I know how to do it, you can't do it to me. Mm. If I know. You know those keys of power, mm. not because I want to do it to you, but I know if someone else is being experienced, so that, and that's how I am naturally. Mm. I'm, I'm, I would like to say I'm a naturally kind of protecting person or, or supportive individual. Mm. Um, so for me, it's like I will know that because if you come and talk to me now, I'm like, bruv, like I was on a job and this guy said to me, duh, 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 duh. and I heard them like, well, that sounds a bit like the seventh key. That sounds a bit like something, something, you know. Why did he ask you? What was you doing? Ah, oh, well, I was, just, you know, sorting out something, and he said this, and I was like, mm, be mindful of that. You know, I'm not saying he is that person, but blah blah, mm. blah because you're able to identify, and I think that's an important thing. So, um, but yeah, how is it for you though? In that sense, like, what does it mean well, to you? How did you learn about it? And um, yeah. Well, what's your, what's your firstly, for anyone who doesn't know, the Forty Eight Laws of Power is is a book mm. written by Robert Greene, um, and. After having read it, I've read it a few times. Um, and my basic understanding of it, yeah, is that it's just a particular lens to view the world in. Yes. It's like if you want to, yes. if you're really into power, mm -hmm. then you probably align with a lot of what the book is saying. Mm. And it's just looking at things through the lens of power. Yes. Yeah. I think it's, it's, even if you're not really into power, it's good to read anyway. Mm. Similar to what we spoke about with the language stuff, yeah, where right. it's good to just understand a different way of seeing things. Yes. And it's like, there's a lot of people who, this is their Bible. Mm. Like literally, mm. this mm. is this book is the most important book they've ever read. And mm. it may be the only book they've ever read because a lot of people who get introduced to this book are introduced to it in a place where they don't read. Mm. They've just been told about this book mm. that will mm. show them how the game is played, basically. Mm. And mm. so this is the first book they ever read. They read through it and they view it like it's a, a holy scripts. Yeah. Um, well, as I said, the yeah. Guy, was, and yeah. so, so basically, I think it's just it's just a way of looking at things. It's like you're looking at everything through the lens of power. Like mm -hmm. there's nothing without power. Basically, is the the concept of this book. Okay. So even it goes down to like babies. Um, yeah. How when a baby cries, yes, um, it's trying to use whatever means 100%, 100%. it has to, to get power over that's you. Right, that's so right. it might cry because it's it's worked out that by crying, I get this. Yeah, you come and give it that's attention right. and that's do what right. it wants you to 100%, 100%. do. So it's worked out that all I need to do is cry, and mm -hmm. I can get these people to do what I need them to do. Mm -hmm. And that's basically the core principle of what power is. Basically, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. having some sort of leverage point over somebody else to get them to do what you want them to 100%. do. And I think that's what the book's about. But the reason I even referenced it in this conversation is because I was going to say the first law of power okay. is never outshine the master. Okay. So relating it back to our conversation we were yeah, having about before the about the, the agreeable. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 It's, and, and have you heard the saying, um, 
don't shoot the messenger. That's right, yeah. I have that that, yeah. that saying's come about because so many people, yeah, throughout history, yeah, have mm-hmm. shot the messenger. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like the person giving them the bad news. Yeah. They've blamed that person. That's right. They How dare you tell their, me this? They, they like, projected that onto them. And that kind of goes back into, mm. that, again, that executive function. And also being able to differentiate the difference between the message and the person. Mm. Yeah. That's a skill, but... Mm. It's not something that is just a given. It's no, not it's that not. everyone's going to have that. Of course so, not. And that's why it's a skills are learned and skills real. are can be taught. Um, it's not a talent. Talents are things that you're, you're born with kind mm. of thing. That, it's almost if like, again, I mean, I like to make a lot of references to like like role-playing games or RPGs where, you know, you have a character, you've got like 10 skill points and you've got all these attributes <laughs> that you could assign yourself. So I think everyone is kind of born mm. with 10 skill points. And they, and, that, yeah, and they put it on what they want to put it on. And then mm. whether you focus on those things in your life, you level up on those things. And if you don't focus on those things, you're going to be at a certain disadvantage because you haven't added to yourself. You haven't, you know, in whatever way, shape or form, it's not even necessary. Whether you read books, okay, maybe you listen to audio, maybe you watch people, maybe you people watch and learn and stuff. Mm. It, like, it doesn't matter how you do it. But the point is that you're adding to yourself. And with those adding to yourself, the things that you have done allow you to, get closer to whatever your goals are or your vision is and so on or your your 100%. Yeah. So with the um with the whole uh delivering bad news sort of thing yeah like yeah. The, the shooting a messenger thing mm. if somebody's wrong mm-hmm. sometimes you don't have to be the person to tell them that 100%. they're wrong because if you tell them that they're wrong mm-hmm. you're the dire- you're the person who's directly confronted their way of seeing things isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's like Sometimes that's not beneficial. That's not a beneficial right. stance to take, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to power dynamics like a boss or something yeah. or some sort of senior management and mm. you're working in a position, uh, a particular role and they're saying something that you know is wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not worth making that point. But that's what I said. Remember with the mm. conflict thing, does the, the, I don't know, the risk outweigh the reward or what, is it worth it? Mm. What are the benefits of it? Is it going to add to you or not? Is it going to give you another skill point to your life, you know, choices? Mm. Um, and that's what wisdom is. It's the application of the knowledge that you have. If you know what that possible or the plausible outcomes can be, you would know then make a decision based off, is it worth it or not? Basically, mm. do I want that or not? Am I, am I going to accept that or not? Um, but also again, and I said before as well, and I remember the word now, integrity. <laughs> mm. It's about your personal integrity. Um, you know, if that person, because if you flip it now and that person is wrong, and if they're wrong and then thousands of people die, hundreds of people die, are you then going to be like, yeah, boss, like, Mm-mm-mm. and that's kind of the other side, what I was trying to say with the agreeableness. Yes, you're protecting yourself because you're not going to get shot, <laughs> but how many people are going to get blown up now? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because if I give you the coordinates to something and you're meant to like, you know, use some kind of barrage of arrows mm. going back in time here yeah, in this area. And that's not the direction or the wind's not blowing in that direction. I'd be like, yes, boss. <laughs> yes, master. Yes, man. <laughs> and I do that. It's a bag of people that are going to get murked off. Yeah. That's nothing to do with it. Yeah. Then you have to deal with the people's families that weren't in the village who are going to come back for you. Now, bro, you I come home and I've got arrows in my house. Mm. Like, I ain't even troubling you. Like, we're cool. We're bridging. And now it's beef. For real. Do you understand what I, I'm saying? I definitely so, understand. So it's a, it's it's, it's mm. the both sides. I like to look at um the both sides of things. Mm. And that's what when I, when I said about the agreeableness, that's kind of more as in like the detrimental aspect, as in the, the, the negative aspects, that bits that don't, um, especially if it's a survival thing. Because think about it. If we're operating in a place of survival, 
that means that we're not trying to, we're just trying to exist mm. and we're not trying to add to ourselves. We're just trying mm. to not die in the yeah. most black and white way. Mm. So in that in scenario with, you know, the power thing, if I told the king or the emperor that um, so-and-so has deflowered my, your your daughter, <laughs> I'm just inventing some scenario, obviously. Mm. And my guy's like, no, I was meant to, my daughter's meant to be for the other emperor of the other, the North lands and that was our agreement to to merge our countries together you're gonna die now bro because he's gonna be vexed and i don't want to die i just i'm just telling you what i go on basically <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it's not me i'm not the one that did it bro it mm. weren't me but if man's angry and he's got the power to just snap out your life bro mm. like some some thanos thing mm. you're gonna get wrapped up bro, in a rug <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah and probably the best stance in that scenario mm. would be to like just shows like ignorance. You, yeah. don't, you don't know nothing yeah. about it. Feigning ignorance, yeah. feigning ignorance. But then this is the thing though. So as we were talking about the concept of power, like you said, you said one of the number rule is do not outshine the master. But ironically, who is the master? Cause it's about manipulation, isn't it? If I'm making you think you're the top guy, but I'm really the top guy. It's like, the, it's like the sh- being in the shadows, isn't it? You know, I'm le- letting you believe that you're the top guy, but really and truly I'm the top guy. You need me. If I always give a reason for you to need me, that means I'll always have a job. Mm. Um, and that's why I understand the dynamic of, which I said earlier before, about the whole thing of the school thing. Like, if I deliberately withhold something, that means I will always have something over you. I'll always know where the nuts and bolts are. I'll always know how to reset the meter. Always, which means I now have inherent value mm. because I have something that you don't have. Mm. And if you're the emperor... Um, you need people around you that add to your purpose or your vision. Mm. And I'm infinitely giving myself value by not telling you everything or by yeah. not or maintaining my position. Yeah. If that, if that makes sense, which means I'm really the mastermind here. Yeah. If you get what I'm saying? Well, that, the, so this, this whole, like the 48 laws of power thing yeah, mm. is in my opinion, mm. it's quite a selfish view. Yes. So, now that's not to say there's anything wrong with being so wrong at this, all. This I is a question that we that need to. Be, I think <laughs> it's something that I think it's something that needs to be explored to a degree. Like, obviously, because for example, when I hear the term selfish, or what I've been brought up to believe, especially again, as I said before, from a Christian standpoint, you know, all that kind of stuff, you must be selfless. You gotta be. Mm. You know what I mean, and that's why I can understand at the time that book was like you know satanic, like mm. in comparison because it's completely the opposite of being exactly, selfless. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But ironically. If you don't think about yourself, you can't protect yourself. If you don't look at yourself, you can't understand yourself. If you don't understand yourself, you can't do the things that you you feel that you need to do because mm. you don't know what that looks like mm. and you don't value it, which then goes back to the agreeableness thing. And blah, blah, blah. like, there's a thin line between a lot of things between what's you know too much essentially is too much and not enough is simply not enough. Um, if you're taught to value and understand that this is how things work, whether you do that or not, mm. you can now make an informed choice. Mm. Books allow us and give us the opportunity to be informed about something and what we choose to do with that information is what we choose to do. That book is teaching you how to be selfish or to gain certain things, mm. which you may be capable of doing, or you may not be capable of doing, but the point is you now have an informed choice to do so. And that's why I would never tell somebody that's wrong or this is right and so on and so forth. It's what does it do for you? Who is it for? Who is it for, really? Does mm. that does that work for you? Does it yield the results that you want? Does it do the thing that you want it to do? You know what I'm trying to say? Mm. Does it does it is it part of your narrative or are you just going with the flow? Are you run out of options? Like 
that's what I think that matters ultimately in what people do. I think, yeah, yeah. the the book itself, 48 mm-hmm. Laws of Power, mm. is um is a tool to understand the playbook that a lot of people are operating by. Yes, yes. yes. A lot of people are operating by those rules, mm-hmm. even if they haven't read the book. Yeah, subconsciously and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's because yeah, yeah. he puts he articulates a human condition or okay. something that he articulates something that is part of the human interaction dynamic. Yes, it? that's right. And I've seen his. I've seen him again. I've seen some of his videos. It's quite interesting. It looks a bit odd though. Yeah, <laughs> but he, he does look a bit odd. Yeah. He's had a stroke, isn't it? So okay, that's why. Okay, then that explains. Yeah, that explains. Okay, okay. Um, but he is a really good author. Yeah, and and no uh, doubt, no doubt. No I would doubt say, I would say, for anyone who is interested in the subject matter. But they don't really like reading. Mm-hmm. Just listen to the audio book. You can probably get yeah. through it in like a day or two. Yeah, and yeah. it's quite a long book. So if you if you're not really into reading, mm. reading the hard copy is just a proper mission. Yeah. So you're probably yeah, yeah. better off just listen to the audio book. And because it's such a bestseller, because it's such a popular book, yeah, you can literally get the audio on YouTube. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah, can just go on YouTube yeah. and type it in, and it will be there. And because um, people keep uploading it, like yeah. I, like people, like obviously I've got Audible. Like apps, I've got apps yeah. where I can just audio book whatever I want. So I've actually got the copy of it, yeah, and I've got the hard copy as well. But every now and then, I do see it on YouTube. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it would have just been uploaded yeah, today. Yeah, it's like people so. keep re-uploading yeah, yeah, it yeah, because yeah. it's so important to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, I would say anyone who's interested in the subject, mm-hmm. read it anyway. Okay, um, like just even just like download it in your brain in an audio yeah. Uh, form. Yeah. And I would also say that the author himself, uh, Robert Greene, he's actually quite a skilled author. Like the, mm. his method of writing is mm-hmm. is very accessible. good. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very accessible. What yeah, he does, yeah. he like, I've, I've read maybe about five of his books. Okay, so that's not even my favorite of his book. My favorite of his book is uh, this other one on the table, <laughs> The Laws of Human Nature. Okay, and um, that's my favorite of his book because that one is. Like I feel like the the forty eight laws is like purely based on viewing things through the lens of power. Yes, the laws of human nature is purely based on what humans are. Yes, so yes, it's yes, way yes. more in depth. Yeah, yeah, it shows a lot more than just the power elements mm, of what mm. humans are. There's there's loads of other elements, and that book is is key. But his his method of writing is quite um unique in in terms of he, the way he does it. Yeah, he'll he'll reference maybe. 20 significant people throughout human history okay. or something along them lines, maybe 30, maybe 40. Um, he just basically references loads of people from human history that everyone would have heard of. Yeah. He speaks about like uh, presidents, mm-hmm. uh, huge celebrities, mm-hmm. people who mm-hmm. are like people like Walt Disney, people yeah, like yeah. Coco Chanel. Yeah, yeah. Um, loads of people who are like, everyone knows of them but you maybe don't know their story mm-hmm. and he'll go in depth and talk about their story and explain stuff that they've been through and stuff that maybe they've been through like five divorces. Maybe all of the divorces happened the same way, the same, uh, the issues that they had with their, their five partners, they yeah. just kept on reoccurring or something yeah. along yeah. them lines. Yeah. And it make, and then he goes back to their childhood and why they see things that way. Mm-hmm. And, and it just basically shows what humans are and why we, why we process information in the way that we do. And um, one of the core principles is um, that during those formative years, it really affects the way you process information. Exactly. 
And so it's a, so, exactly. so with that with that understanding, mm-hmm. he's actually a good author, and yeah. he actually yeah. does like deliver that message and that sentiment quite well. Mm-hmm. And he goes through loads of different examples. So I would say it's worth checking out his books. It's oh, worth uh, oh, reading definitely. it if if I'll you've um, not got the time. If you're really busy, just put it in your headphones or your or your car while you're driving, whatever it is. Um, little thing that I do actually. Mm. Hey, excuse me. <coughs> is um. Because I understand when it comes to learning new things, the format, again, as you know, mentioned previously, mm. um, is a major thing. Um, reading, I find reading personally is very taxing. Sitting and very looking taxing. at something, it's like it, my And eyes. you can't do anything else. Right. You can only right. do that. Exactly. Mm. Sitting still, not adding, you know, there's no motion, there's nothing. So for me, um, reading, like, it could take me ages to read a book. Me too. Um, mm. However, audio... Having something streaming and listening, I'm I'm you know, I'm a, I'm quite audible, you know, listen learner kind of thing. Mm. And what I would do is I'll buy a book because I want the book, I'd, and I need to add to myself in the sense of I want to get past that struggle or that that barrier of reading. I think I should be able to read more, like challenge myself and mm. add to myself that way. So I'll always buy the book. And then what else I'll do after that point is I'll find online because you can do this. It's like um, PDF libraries of books, mm. amazing, amazing books. And what I'll do is I'll download the PDF of that particular book. After I've done that, I'll then, um, on my phone as well, I will then download text-to-speech software. Yeah, so that's how, you, that's how you've got like Siri and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Especially nowadays, the text-to-speech software has, is, is blown up. Like, especially, you know, it's, it sounds very good, especially when you use these you know, social media um, things, just when you get the text on, the, you know, the voices that we're mm. hearing repeatedly now, they're trying to normalise mm. the conversation. <laughs> But these kind of sort of slightly robotic, you know, voices. Yeah, they're they're, they're speaking now. Um, whatever text is written, mm. so you take a text to speech, an engine, a good one, and then you get your PDF file. You import it into a software that reads from text to speech, and mm. you turn it into an audiobook. Yeah, and I listen to it, and that's what I do. Mm. And I recommend um, anyone, just as you as mentioned before. Mm. Um, to do that, that's a very simple way of accessing. You can listen to it as much as you want. If you didn't hear something, you can just rewind it back a bit, mm. try, I mean, touch it back, pause yeah. it. Um, and again, a lot of the things that we do read in general, depending on how we process things, go into our subconscious. So it's something, maybe you want to listen to a bit of it before you go to bed. Maybe you want to listen to it when, you, when you're on the, doing a number two, like whatever you want to do. Mm. Um, long drives. Yeah, long drives, like, you know, Play it in the background when you're doing your your spring cleaning, whatever you want to yeah. do in your Sunday. Just walk. like it's very very good thing. Just as people may listen to the radio and just have mm. some kind of noise, add to yourself in it. And um, that's what I do. That's what I do. Because if I didn't, like I wouldn't have learned a lot of other things. Like, um, one book that I first actually did that with. Um, it's an amazing book. I say this to everyone. Yeah, it's called. Um, oh my God, I forgot the name of the book. <laughs> it's called. Is it called How Not To Be Dumb? Yeah. No, no, no. No, no, sorry. That's the second book. <laughs> the first book's called So You Think You're Smart. Mm. Yeah? Bad boy book. I'm sorry. I think everyone in life mm. needs to read that book. Um, that book changed the way that I saw the world. Mm. Um, and it breaks down certain things like, um, that's why I learned about things like cognitive behavior, behavior bias, logic and reasoning and fallacies, like errors in the way that we think about things. Mm. Um, how we construct narratives um, and loads of things again to do with society how we engage and interact with each other and things that we believe that are true that blatantly have nothing to do with it or that's actually been skewed or or manipulated um, 
for example, um, do you know, have you ever heard of um, the bystander effect? Have you heard of these things like the bystander effect or is that the to do with and all that kind of stuff? Is that to know. do with thinking that someone else will deal with it? 100%, That's all. yes, mm. literally. Um, the concept was kind of um, coined after um, a situation or one of the situations, I can't say specifically, which, but a situation essentially was um, there was a lady that um, I think she had like, a stroke or something or a heart attack something she had something that happened to her mm. i think it's like in a busy street maybe it's new york or maybe oxford street let's just say like a busy you know area with hundreds of people and what happened was this woman was basically laying on the floor um in whatever you know condition after her you know cardiac whatever like you know her stroke whatever and everyone was just walking past her mm. they could clearly see that she was in distress so it wasn't like to say that she just looked normal she looked like she was in distress. But they could see other people. However, past. yeah. So what they then believe, and this is the social interaction, like, they like this stuff, right? So what basically what happened was, everyone then thought, oh, there's a woman. She's not well. Oh, wow, that's not cool. That's not nice. However, someone must have called the ambulance. Mm. And then the other person walked past. Yeah. Oh, wow, there's a woman. Da, 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 da. Someone must call. Oh, that's not cool. Someone must call an ambulance. The ambulance must be on their way. The ambulance must be on their way. Blah, blah, mm. blah. She died. Just like that. Gone. Snapped out like Thanos, yeah? No one ever called that. No one called Ammons because everyone had that belief that someone else was doing it. Mm. And it's just something that's coming into our culture as well with the whole filming thing. You're filming this whole situation, but no one's called the police. No one's tried to interject. No one's tried to do nothing. But you're there and you're bystanding. You're a bystander and you've actually influenced. You're part of that situation. And they've done studies on this whole thing that they said that the less people there are in a situation. So, for example, that situation happened and there's a country road somewhere. You could be driving your car X hundred, you know, X miles an hour. and You see the woman sitting on the side. You will stop your car because you know in that environment that there's hardly anyone else that's going to come there. Mm. So you now then take on that responsibility subconsciously as mm. a human being and that whole duty of care aspect that we do have to see what's happening mm. because you now feel that you are now responsible because again the same thing with the human body once we see things we can't unsee it once we hear things you can't unhear it yeah so if you witness that woman and now you in your subconscious you drive past and think oh there's a woman that's laying on the floor there like oh shit bro like, i'm about to go back you know like you'd have that you'd take on that responsibility whereas when there's hundreds of people you then remove that responsibility because mm. you don't think it's, to, it's it belongs to someone else and there's actually another state of that that's called um it's called de-individuation. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. No. Okay. So de-individuation is basically um, this. The loss of individual identity in a group of people. So in other words, if so you're in a mob. part of the group. You're yeah, not yeah. an individual. That's right. Mm. And you act in a certain way that's actually away from your normal active personality. So it's like having an online persona. You can't see me. You can't get to me. So I'm going to chat to you like I'm like you're a dickhead. Like I'm going to be abusive. I'm going to do all these things because I feel that with my social mask on or the fact that there's another guy that looks like me, that's all in hoods. And that's where, the, and that's the, that's where it actually comes from. You can't identify me. If you can't identify me, I'm not going to, you can't catch me. If you can't catch me, I'm not responsible. Mm. So therefore I can do things. It's almost like it gives some kind of some subconscious social invisibility. Mm. I am not an individual I am a collective mm. and um, that then therefore removes that accountability and responsibility. They've done like social experiments in this life. For example, like um, they did it with like children, Halloween costumes. Um, you're in a costume, you're in character. 
my face is covered. I'm wearing a, a screen mask. You can't see me. If I then decide to come up to the door and take a whole bunch of sweets, I'm going to feel like I'm invisible. I'm going to feel like, well, you, you can't see me and so on. And that's where that concept comes from. The mm. individuation you cannot divide it. I'm opposite of that. You can't, I'm not an individual. I'm just a mob. Mm. And also they said there's another thing as well psychologically that I think it's something like, if there is more than like 50 people or plus 50 people plus that that collective group of people when it comes to communication or mentality is that of a five-year-old because if there's a person that's the, the first person in the row and that person at the end of the say a, a square and on the other opposite end of the square, the 50th person by the time that communication gets to them it's disbanded it's going to be sim- oversimplified it's going to lose all meaning it's not going to have the same energy or passion that it was and they can't operate. And that's why you have mob mentality. Someone throws something. Hey! Someone smashes a window. Hey, let's all smash windows. Hey! Like, that's what happens. <laughs> and that's what it's designed to do. Whereas, and that's what happens when, as human beings, we come together, we we, we do things like that. Mm. And that's why there's certain procedures. It's actually quite psychological and, and social. I don't know how we got here, but <laughs> but the point is like... um. That's that's yeah, that's a that's a mad phenomenon when it comes to ah, social you. engagement. And I like. think I think a lot of these things kinda they remind me of a um of you know the I can't remember what the experiment was called, but it's something to do with authority. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about the one with the buzzer thing. Is that the one? Yeah, you're talking yeah about? the where they shot the guy mm-hmm. to death. Like this and that's it. That's, because that's, somebody's telling them to do is, it. Yeah, and that is mm. exactly what um the de individuation is. It's because you and that's an, and that's also a fallacy. It's called appeal to authority. Mm. So what that basically means is that um, when you call out somebody, ah, oh, but my thing is more valid because Professor Green said it or Professor Black said it, and it must hold weight to it. And in society, we hold certain people, the president, our doctor. Mm. So if we're in a space of vulnerability, we now then therefore shift our own responsibility onto the person that's meant to be that we give or we put on a, yeah. on, a, on, a, on a on a pedestal. So now. Oh no, but the doctor told me to take it three times a day. Yeah, mm. but he told you to like, I don't know, eat cat litter. Mm. Yeah, but the doctor said it. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what cat litter is. <laughs> Why are you doing, oh, but the doctor, because you're not trying to take the responsibility yourself. Mm. And because you believe that, that that person's word has more greater value, mm. you're now agreeing. Mm. <laughs> Do you understand yeah, that? I, I, I don't know what that is, mm. but it's really interesting. Mm. I think, it's something to do with a natural urge, a human mm. urge for us to, to sort ourselves into groups. Yes, right. And, and to, to follow. And to follow. Yeah, yeah. we want to be part of a group. Mm-hmm. And we are we are um, social, social beings. Creatures, yeah, social yeah. creatures, yeah. And and so a lot of people, yeah, <coughs> they, they only feel uh, validated by people saying, yep, that's the right thing. Mm-hmm. If... If there's like if twenty people tell them it's the wrong thing, and mm-hmm. they're literally the only person who believes they will, they will change their views mm-hmm. because they just they would rather fit into the twenty wrong people but than do what they know is the, right. But that's the fallacy and the bias. Mm. There's a um, and that book talks about it. By the way, it says stuff like that. Which For book? Example, oh, the, the, the book the, you um, mentioned. Yeah. Um, so you think you're so smart. you think you're smart. I'm definitely gonna check yeah. it out. It sounds and interesting. You're gonna love it, brother. Mm. I'm telling you. Um, one of them was another thing where it was like um example that they gave was like um you know like like birds when they're migrating they fly like like swans or something they fly like in a v mm. and they'll show a picture and then they said like 
um, if you look at the picture and you see all the birds' information and there's one on the side, yeah, we will intuitively think, that's the why get in line, bruv, man. You're the whack <laughs> guy, bruv. You're fucking up the rotation, bruv. Mm. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. When ironically, that bird was the one that was correcting them and then the rest was actually going to join. But obviously, we don't know that. Mm. Um, but the point is, is that They've done these experiments. Um, oh, yeah, and that other thing as well, that's what it's called. It's called normality bias. So our brains um, are wired up to also stick with the pack and survive in numbers, mm. yeah? So it's like that typical scenario, say, like the whole black people thing, like, oh, if you see a bunch of black people running, yeah, we don't ask no questions. We just run in it. We'll just run wherever they're running <laughs> there and find out what it is afterwards, that, because... Mm. But that's linked onto other things. That's a slavery thing. That's a survival thing. That's another thing that's actually linked onto. But anyway... But I think it's the yeah. same with even if it wasn't black people, even if it was a bunch of white people running, you'd probably start feeling like, why are these people running? Maybe yes, I need to be running yes as well. Yes and no. There is that. Don't get me wrong. There is still that thing in general. Mm. But then it's that whole thing of like, I know obviously we're using cliches now and stuff like that and, and stereotypes, but like it's like that whole thing of like, in a horror movie, innit? If I hear a bump in the night, bruv, I'm not going to go look where the bump come from, bruv, unless I'm coming with something, like, do you know what I mean? But oh, I'm going to investigate, is that you, John? <laughs> what's that? You know, what's that, Scoop? Like, nah, we're not, we're, we're gone, bruv. The front door's there, the bump's in here, I'm going out the front door, as simple mm. as, yeah. But that's a survival thing. Even though it's a joke thing, and we can laugh about it, that's a survival thing. That's also linked onto trauma, which probably ties into things. But like the reason I'd say yeah, it's not yeah, necessarily bump. a race thing, yeah, mm. there was this, there was this, I can't remember what book it was that I read yet, but they were talking about loads of these. It might have been the Influence book. Okay. Um, that's a really good book. It talks about just, it's, it's written by a doctor in, I think he was a doctor in like social, social, social studies. Di- yeah, social, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, the social yeah. dynamics yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But he's a really smart guy. Like, I've mm. listened to him speaking about a few different things. But one of the things, it might not even be that book. So yeah, yeah, uh, but, yeah, forgive but, me, yeah. like the audience, forgive me if it's I'm wrong. Right. But either just, way, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. It's, the, it's the concept though, isn't it? We're talking there about, was, yeah. there's this guy and I think I've even seen YouTube videos of people doing this as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just for after, ha- they must have read the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, there was this guy who went outside the front of a building and then just started looking up in the sky. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then everyone starts doing And then he just carried on looking. Yeah, 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 and then after yeah. a while, there was like a crowd of like 30 people all looking in the same direction. And I don't think it's anything to do with race. It's to do with, this is a human. Yeah. They're obviously focused on something. I Maybe know I need, need to be focused. At. Yeah, I agree. Because it might be a, a meteorite about to kill us all. We need to look but, up what's but, but, going but, on. But that's the survival <laughs> thing though. Yeah. Because what you're actually also saying is that maybe this person knows something that I don't know. So I need to be able to see what it is. 100%. Yeah. <clears throat> Also, you always got the other aspect of like curiosity. Like mm. we wanna, we wanna know um, what's popping, what's popping, and not. That's mm. how we people watch and stuff. Yeah. like that. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So there's that element as well. But I also think again, it's a survival thing. Like I said, remember the the over fifty plus people have a, the 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 mentality of a five year old. So you don't have time to have that communication. You don't have that time to find out the the, the details. Mm. It's like let's just bounce. Thank you, brother. Um, let's just bounce. And then we'll talk about it afterwards. We'll talk about, bro, man, why was you running? I don't know. Why was you running? <laughs> and then you will laugh about it. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So, but at least um, we're all still alive. But we're still alive, though. <laughs> exactly. But then the joke thing is, it's like, you still, as much as we're busting up, you still don't know what you was running from. Mm. 
And that's the kind of thing where if you're stuck in that mode and you don't question things, like me, if someone's running, I will wait to see what am I running from? Because mm. then I need to then think about how fast am I going to run? Maybe I'm going to zigzag and do something different. I'm going to have my own choice. Mm. I'm not going to follow the crowd. And this is what it is. That's that kind of sheep, that sheep mentality. Mm. Um, you know, we're stuck in that mode. We're all capable of having our own individual experiences. But let me views. ask you, yeah, yeah. if everyone was jumping off a cliff, yeah, and like they're jumping to their death, would mm. you jump with them? No. You'd be the only person left. If I'm the only person left, then so be it. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Honestly. So you're and, not going to and, and, and to just me, jump no, without no, knowing no, why? No, no, no. And at the same time as well, it's like, again, logically, if it's an idea of like to jump is better than to stay, then I'm still dead, right? Think about it. In theory, yeah. Based on that theory. Remember, this is all theoretical because I still don't know why they're jumping either. So, in, like so you, I you can have to assume yeah, that yeah. jumping is the lesser of two evils to these people. They, there's but two I'm options. Them, but I'm not them. No, 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 no. To okay, them. Let me, no, let, me, them. let me pause you for a second. See that there, yeah? <laughs> yeah. See that there, yeah? That way of thinking, that's, called, that's, a, that's a fallacy. That's called a false dichotomy. Basically, what that means is dichotomy. Basically, what you're saying is there are only two options. There's no black and white. Nothing in life is ever two options. There's always variables mm. of gray and, very, and so on. And I'm not saying, obviously, for the... You know the purpose of the question. I get it, mm. but my point is, is literally that point is that there's always a third or a fourth option. Mm. We decide if we want to do A or B, or whether to see my or way just out, opt of it. out, or opt out. Do you know mm. what I mean? I will see my way out of it. Do you understand what I'm saying, <laughs> brother? So, and that's the thing. When we feel that we have security in groups, mm. that's why man them roll with bare man them. But on an individual, you get cat. You know, you get caught slipping. You say rap for you. Mm. But back in the, well, as far as I'm concerned, back in the day. You can't be running your mouth and not be able to say do something with no mandem like when you're in your jacks. yeah when you're in your jacks like mm. you know what I'm trying to say like and this is where I say integrity I think there's a lack of integrity nowadays and that's what this whole pack mentality does it's like everyone's weak and we can only really be strong if we're together it's like everyone's can't lift nothing because no one can lift more than 10 kg mm. but obviously we know that if all of the group put together we can lift more than 10 kg but as an individual really and truly we should be able to lift 10 kg on our own. Do you understand? Mm. So think about it from a social connection or a social and emotional standpoint, we should all be able to lift 10 kg in that kind of capacity. But because we're not nurtured in that way and we're not focused on those things, we now have this need and the fear that we can't function without being in the group. And that's what social media, it creates these false narratives and these false connections that are not real, mm. where we can virtually be whatever we want. But behind closed doors and behind the curtain... We're not nobody, like, do you know what I mean? I do hear you. Yeah. But when I ask myself that question, yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if everyone else was jumping off the cliff, mm -hmm. would I jump off the cliff, yeah? Mm -hmm. Some part of me says, yeah, jump it. Just jump. Yeah, that's your survival thing. Some part of me just feels yeah. like, what's the point? If everyone else is, if everyone else is making a stupid mistake, yeah, mm -hmm. that's going to make everyone else not be here anymore. Mm -hmm. Am I really trying to be here by myself? I might as well just make but a stupid then, mistake with them. But I hear the joke. <laughs> yeah, but, bro, 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 listen to what you're saying, yeah? Mm. And I hear you, by the way. I hear you, by mm. the way. I'm not even trying to knock the thing at all, bro. The thing is this. Did you then make that decision yourself? Or did you follow them? I made the decision based on the information that was available to hand. The and information what, available you to have, hand. And what did you have? Was, I don't want to be by myself. No, that's Everyone else stop, is stop, jumping. Stop, stop, bro. That's a feeling. <laughs> That's not information. That's information. It's not, bro. <laughs> Who informed you that you don't want to be by yourself? You, uh, trial and error. Like, I've, I've felt being by myself. I felt not being by myself. I don't want to be there again. Yeah, it's just all no, long. Like, yeah. it's, like, <laughs> it's like, if I'm going <laughs> to... It's, like, it's like, if I'm going to be by myself, 
<clears throat> mm-hmm. Do you know what this, this question also stems into something else Yeah that mm-hmm. I've asked somebody recently Yeah it's yeah. like If the option was presented To you alone mm-hmm. To be immortal mm-hmm. Let's say you, you got you got in with the right people yeah, yeah. Or the wrong people depending yeah, on how yeah. you look at it They told you look Everything you know is it's about to be over with mm-hmm. And there's a, a Small group of people mm-hmm. That are about to be immortal mm-hmm. Are you Are you joining us No or are you dying with everyone else? I'll just die. Me, mm-hmm. I don't know. I okay, probably like, enough, but then, enough, but you yeah. know the idea of dying, yeah, mm. would be the jumping off the cliff with everyone else. Yeah, but that's a choice. The though. idea of staying alive would be forget what everyone else is doing. Forget mm-hmm. that everyone else is gonna die. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna stay alive. So it's like. Do you understand yeah, what I'm saying? But, you're both, but essentially what you're saying is, is you're saying the same thing, but from the opposite side. They're both exactly the same thing. They're both exactly the same feelings because. They still will both involve loneliness. You yeah. don't want to die on your own, so I'm gonna jump with everyone else. So I feel. But the thing is though, everyone's already buried in this one hole. You're not in the same <laughs> casket, bro. I had one guy actually say something on the other day on um on um social media platform mm. where my guy says there are no bunk beds in the there's no bunk beds in the graveyard. Mm. And bare people are having their comments like, what does this guy mean? And da, 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 da. But think about it. You're born alone and you die alone. So even though you decide to jump off the cliff, it's still you one dead mash up at the bottom. It's your bus up body at the bottom of the thing. Yeah? It's just you. Yeah, it's it debatable though. It is debatable. In what way nobody though? knows what happens before birth and nobody knows what happens after death. Hold on. Nobody, okay. Nobody knows. Okay, okay, okay. okay. We, okay, okay, okay we can okay. assume. But that's, but that's not my point because that's to me, that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> yeah. And I hear you and I agree with you. But what I'm talking about is what we do know. Remember, we are making a decision on either what we know or what we tell ourselves, mm. yeah. What we think we know, or what we think we know, mm. yeah. <clears throat> so, if you then, for example, you jump off the cliff, yeah. You said I don't. I jumped off the cliff because I don't want to be alone. But what's wrong with being alone? How do you know that everyone else has died? How do you know? And I think I think about it. Your you like <clears throat> this is the thing I want people to also like kind of understand is this. Your thoughts are just like everyone else's thoughts mm. because you could be. Think about this: the same way how you saw a bag of people jumping off. Remember, there's someone else that might jump off after you who saw you. So you're both the person that jumped off and the person that stood there. So mm. now you could be the man that stops it, and no one else jumps off, and it turns out, oh shit, they made a mistake. So now what? You're the you're now the the person that stopped everyone from jumping off the cliff. Yeah, but after you. But in this hypothetical scenario, yeah, everyone else has jumped. So it's like so, there is okay, no okay, line okay, of people. Okay. So after now you. what you're doing is, yeah, mm. you're, what you're doing is this is another fallacy. What you're doing is, is um, you're you're creating a scenario that there's only one option. I forgot what the name of it, but it's a fallacy. So basically, it's a difficult scenario. Yeah, 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 so it's yeah, not yeah, even yeah, a plausible. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah. even make sense. No, no, of course, but it's no, just no, no. for a forget, thinking forget, experiment. Yeah, yeah, but but that's what I'm trying mm. to say, and that's why I'm and that's why I'm approaching it with the thinking aspect. I'm not trying to rubbish the whole thing because obviously that's the whole point. Hypothetical stuff mm. is meant to expand your mind and and make you. Venturing areas that you wouldn't normally, or that's abnormal, which is why you have an abnormal situation. <clears throat> but again, as I said, when you understand about logical fallacies, when you're presented with certain things in a certain way, there's that belief that you have to answer it or move in a certain way. Mm. That's also limiting. Yeah. When really and truly, there's always an option. There's always an option. It's only when we believe that there isn't any other option we will then take the easiest, the, the path of least resistance. And that's essentially what that is. Mm. Well, boy, they're jumping off. Well, fuck it, bro. At least I'm not going to be the only dead person. Fuck it. Woo! Like, <laughs> man, that, man just... <laughs> to the side, like... Mm. Or, again, the same... And the same thought process that I have is, 
how do I know that I'm not jumping into some next dimension and and appearing into some new world? It's just as plausible because it's an infinite. That's it called. It it's called. Do you know what it is? Okay, that's what the, that's 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 the argument. It's called the fallacy. It's called, so it's a cognitive bias or it's a fallacy. One of the two. It's called the argument from ignorance. In other words, it's an infinite argument. I can never be wrong because mm. I created it. I'm the one. So you create the scenario. And you can never be right. There you go. Mm. So it's an infinite conversation. There's an infinite amount of answers. So therefore, all that boils down to is the choice that you make. Mm. And when you then try to say that you only have one choice, you're only limited by that. And that's again, that's a limited belief. Mm. And that then determines what you do with your life. So in your version of events, you'll say, well, fuck it, bro. I'm going to jump off the side, man. Fuck this shit. Yeah. But I'm presented with the same scenario, the same body, the same specs, the same tick boxes for the fucking level in the beginning character. And man's like, fuck, I'm not jumping off, brother. In fact, how about this? I wait for everyone to jump off. And when the bodies pile up, I walk on the dead bodies. How about that? Mm. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I just thought of that. But the point is, unless you're in a space, a conscious space and a mindful space, mm. it's easy to react. Yeah. As opposed to respond. And that's a major difference. Yeah. Mm. Reaction is a survival thing. Do it. Think about it later. Mm. Responses. Think about it. Then do it. For real. This reminds yeah. me of something that another guy that I had on the show, mm. uh, some guy called Leo. He's got his own podcast, Beyond the Surface. Mm-hmm. He asked a question. He said, um, "If I was to give you ten grand to jump out of a plane with no parachute, would you do it? How would you respond to that question?" No, no. And then, so what? His mm. follow up to that is. Well, the plane's on the ground, and the, mm. the jump you're mm. jumping is is well, not that, even that well, high. Well, 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 that's the thing, though, because <laughs> but it's because you haven't asked the there further question. I agree. That it aligns with your point. exactly yeah. because context is everything, mm. and I think especially nowadays in the time that we're when it comes to social media, it's easy to present something in a certain way or to frame it, mm. which is another thing. Again, this is why I love this, the, the behavior stuff. Is um, it's um framing. Framing is an actual technique where you present information in a certain way that makes it more favorable for the outcome that you want to mm. happen. Mm. So if I'm trying to sell you a car, yeah, and this car's been in an accident, bruv, or this car's that the right the, the left side of the car's fucked, <laughs> bruv, yeah. If I'm gonna take pictures of my car, I'm gonna sell it and put it on like auto trade or whatever, you think I'm gonna show it to you in a way that I'm not gonna show you the banged off that like, wing mirror, bruv. I'm not gonna show you that the I'm not gonna let you know that the 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 the, the passenger seat doesn't look and it just slides back on your drive. <laughs> you know mm. I mean? I'm not going to tell you none of those things because I'm going to frame it in a certain way. It's the same information. Yeah. I haven't added or taken away anything. That's the thing with framing. You don't add or take away. You just present the angle or the position of it that you want it to be the that favorable, that favorable thing mm. to achieve the thing that you want. So if I speak to you in the same way, like a salesman, I'm not going to tell you that the, and that's where we've got that semantics when you play with words. I'm not going to tell you that the right side, the left side of the car is fucked. I'm going to say to you, well, um, there the has right been, a, the, awesome. the, the, yeah. I'll be like, the, there you go, brother. The, <laughs> right, the This car is awesome. As you can see by the wing mirror, it's electric. I'm going to make you focus on this stuff. You mm. know, look, this, 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 there ain't no wing mirror on the other side, bruv. You can't, you can't ever make that. Mm. You can't see nothing, bruv. You know what I'm to say? But the whole point is that I'm making it something. And then once you bought it, it's your business, bruv, not me. Yeah. I don't mind mention that it's been in a crash. Yeah. But that's why it's so cheap. That's right. Like if it you wasn't know, in a crash, you would not you be would getting this get benefit this, this at this price. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so you don't lie. You just make the person look at that bit. You know what I mean? It's like Two-Face. If I'm just chatting to you like this, brother, and the other side of my face is banged, and I try to act like <laughs> I won the boxing match, brother, and this fight is fucked, I'm going to talk to you like this, bro. You, know mm. you know what I'm trying to say? So that's what that framing does. Mm. And again, with that question, if you 
present something in a certain way and you don't ask, this is why it's important to respond and not react. Like you said, if I give you 10 grand to jump out of airplane, yeah, would you do it? Instantly, you think of the danger. Again, the protective factor. Mm. Man don't want to die. What, for 10 grand? It's not even worth it. Maybe it was maybe, maybe it was a million that I might think about. Like all these other things go over your head. Bah, 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 bah. Mm. And again, it's, does, the, does the action outrisk the, the, the reward? Is it worth it? And mm. that's what we do. And there's a thing, um, that's another thing as well. That there's, a, there's a bias. It's called um, risk aversion. Yeah. Mm. So I've risk aversion, yeah. Mm. So risk aversion is that whole idea of, and this is a, and this is a bias, a bias, and a, it's a bias, a cognitive bias. So basically, as a human being, we are kind of sort of naturally wired to protect ourselves and to do the least things but mm. get the highest outcomes, even if logically the risk or the amount of input is exactly the same. So in other words, it's like saying, okay, then well, simplify it. We're going to have a bet, a will, flick a point, you, you flip a coin, you get £50, no, £5, or you lose £5. Now, it's 50-50, the odds are the same, yeah? You're more likely to be like, all right, bruv, fuck, fuck it, here, take my £5, flip a coin, I lost £5, yeah, it doesn't matter. If I say to you, bruv, okay, now we're going to do five grand, bruv, what are you saying? Uh, I flip a coin, you'll be like, nah, bruv, that's long. <laughs> but the odds are the same, bruv. It, mm. defi- it defies logic and reasoning. Mm. It's the, the only same logic risk. is that five grand will hurt you and five pound won't hurt right you. because of the risk that you assess and the value that mm. you give it but the joke thing is the odds are the same mm. so but then think about it then but then the same reward will be greater than having the five grand that you had before now i have 10 grand now i could do more my lifestyle all the things that we mentioned before i don't have to think about anyone knocking on the door i can pay the bills all the things that we we spoken about previously you'd be able to deal with that. But now you're not choosing to do that because you believe in our head to protect, but the value and the risk is exactly the same and, you're all able, and you've done it once. So why can't you do it again? Mm. Do you know what I mean? If you win, it's great. If you lose, you lose. So it's a question of what are you prepared to accept? Mm. And that's what that is. And you have to think about it. But again, we're wired to automatically go to think of the most negative, the most um, you know detrimental aspect within our society to protect our our status or to protect something but in order to get the thing that we want or to grow you have to be in a position of being uncomfortable Mm. you have to be um a position of vulnerability to flip that coin like you know i can win 50 grand i could win 100 i can win a million Mm. i could lose a million but the point is are you prepared to take that but the risk is the same It'd be completely different if, like, I don't know, well, there's a there's a one in a one in two thousand or million chance to to win, yeah. But that's how the that's how the lottery that's how they get you the lottery. You think that, and they invert it. They they take advantage of the thing I just told you. Right? It's basically the 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 um, risk aversion thing. Is this? You think that because I only paid a pound, that it's marginal. Like, Fuck it, bro. If I lose a pound, it doesn't matter. But if I get a thousand people, that's a thousand pound. I get 10,000 people, that's 10,000 pound. If you get 20 million people. That's 20 million people. How many people are, <laughs> bruv? Can you not see this in your face? They're rinsing straight mm. in your face. I had a discussion about this yeah. the other day. Yeah. yeah. Like one of my, one of my guys, he asked, he came up to me, he was like, yo, do you, like uh, in my, engi- obviously it's different worlds, and in mm, my mm. podcasting world, my engineering world, mm, but mm, mm, it was one of my engineer friends, yeah. He came up to me, he was like, um, do you ever play the lottery? And I was like, 
nah, it's not really for me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of against the like that the concept of it. Yep. Same and he was like, <laughs> but he was like, yeah, but like it's Euro Euro millions, yeah, isn't it? You can win like <laughs> you can win like hundred and ten yeah. million yeah. pound. Like, yep. Like you might as well put a pound in, isn't it? Surely. Yep. And I was just like, yeah. I mean, I played the lottery once, and like, I didn't win, mm-hmm. so. I'm not going to play it again. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's your reality. And That's he was happened, looking bro. at me like, I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think it's like, it's the whole thing. Like, but back, back to like, why I even brought this up. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. what I said to him, yeah, was that I think the lottery is just a business. It is 100%. And well, it's in their well. best interest to advertise people winning. 100%. So they will, if they yeah, have because, to, they'll hire an actor 100%. and say, yeah, we won. 100%. Because if you don't feel that the, the, the outcome is there or is plausible or possible, nobody would do it. Yeah. You have to show that somebody could win to, to keep the to. idea yeah. or the belief, because it's a belief, mm. that you're going to win. But then, like I said, statistically, the odds are you winning is stupid, bro. It's like getting hit with lightning twice. Yeah. In fact, in no, no, you're, no, no, you're more like, like, apparently, you're more likely to die on office furniture. You're more likely to get hit by lightning. Like... There's so many other factors that we take for granted. Mm. That's also another thing. That's called, um, uh, there's a word for that. It's a bias, a cognitive bias. The availability heuristic. So in other words, it's the belief that we've, that the, that the information that we've been given um, is the truth and that's it. There's nothing else. Mm. Like, uh, if you see on, on the TV, oh, there's a, the news says that, um, Dog owners are, are attacking people, blah, blah, blah. Like, so now you think all dogs attack people as opposed to saying, no, actually, no, it's a certain type of dog, blah, 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 blah. So now you now believe that if I go down the road, I'm going to get attacked by dogs, chihuahuas, <laughs> German <laughs> shepherds, whatever, whatever you want, yeah. Whereas actually, no, if you call the police, there's more likely for you to be attacked, beaten and killed by the police that you believe will protect you then the event of those dogs killing you. Mm. But that's the availability, availability heuristic. Heuristic is another the information or the status quo that we believe collectively. Mm. And that's why the media has such an effect. If we believe the media, you know what I mean? The media can say something and then one minute you think, oh, if I see a man that, eh, the guy that robbed me, if you saw a news report, some woman, the guy that robbed me, he was wearing a red hat. Now, every man that wearing a red hat down the road, well, you'd be like, shit, fucking, <laughs> hell, is that the guy? Is that the mm. guy? Or women might think, Man with red hats are killers. Mm. Yeah. You've inserted that narrative and then they will start to act and behave that way because that's the information given to them as opposed to- That makes to, me think about- Yeah, go on. Like, do you want to finish your thing? So basically that goes back onto the idea of, of um, I said the available information mm. creates the, the baseline of what we choose to believe. And if that For happens, real. if you react instead of respond, a response would be, that man happened to be wearing a red hat at the time. Mm. The red hat is not, with yeah, with nothing to do with his movements. <laughs> yeah. Red hats are not inherently evil. I have a red hat in my, in my, on my, my, my son has a red hat and he's five. Does that mean he's a killer? Like mm. this is logic and reasoning. Yeah. This is a response. You have to process that. Mm. Yeah. Or what if, or how about this? What if the guy now, because he's seen the news of the red hat man, there's a green hat now. So what? <laughs> You think you think you think green hat people are cool and red hats are evil? Like, there's so mm. many variables of that, and if you don't look at it for what it actually mm. is, the, the whole concept, you're gonna get sucked into the blender. I for call real. it emotionally blended. It's a blender, bro. Like mm. they're gonna blend you, and once you're <laughs> blended, 
that's you or or people try to draw you into that situation oh my god did you see that yeah babe i saw that you know yeah like i was walking down the road i saw a guy with a red hat to fucking cross the road love do you know what I mean? like all of that shit mm. like, you're gonna get that and now there's a whole narrative of people with red hats are killers bro. Do you know what I mean? that, you know what when saying? it's really got nothing to do nothing with the to do facts with the scenario nothing to do with it bro for real but yeah that mm. that all reminds me of um had someone else on the show yeah mm. who was saying one of the most traumatic things that women have to deal with, yeah, mm-hmm. on a day-to-day, yeah, is if they get into a lift, then there's a there's a fear. While that door is closing, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a fear that some guy yeah, is going to put his hand in there and then <laughs> wow. open the door and now be in the lift with them. Wow. Because guys are inherently scary. And wow. now she's in the lift with this guy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this guy said this, yeah. Yeah. And like, I really like the guy. The guy, he's like a well thought out guy. Yeah. But I didn't agree with that point. Mm -hmm. But he made that point. I put it up. Yeah. And then people were also saying, yeah, for real. Like that, Mm. I'm glad someone's speaking on our behalf. Women were saying, yeah, I'm glad somebody's saying that because- Okay. I got something to to say about that. that, I I imagine that's a genuine fear Mm -hmm. that a lot of women have. Mm -hmm. The idea of being in a lift and Mm -hmm. some guy gets in there with you. And- Linking it to what what you said previously, yeah, mm. that might be a case of the world demonizing 100%. men. One hundred percent. And now the 100%. idea that the guy's getting in the lift with you is yep. like an actual threat on yep. your existence. Yep. It's like you, he's gonna do something terrible yep. to you, yep. even though he's just a human being right. who's literally just traveling in the lift like you. One hundred percent, bro. But what do you think about that whole concept? Okay, first of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on that in the sense of this, yeah. If where did that image come from? Think about all the movies. There's a movie called, I think it's called Devil, something like that. Have you heard of that movie? Called no, Devil? I've never heard I don't really, I don't really do horror films. Basically, the point is this: yeah, they're in a lift. The lift breaks down. There's like five people in the lift, and apparently the devil is possessed someone in the lift, and mad stuff is happening. People keep dying. No one knows. It. But imagine the whole film is based off someone in the lift, like six people in the lift, five people in the lift. Mm. Lights flicker, someone dies. It's like wink murder, isn't it? Oh, is it you? <laughs> is you? Yeah, you know. Uh, but anyway, but I'm trying to make is this. In order for that thing to exist, someone had to tell the story or the narrative. Mm. And one thing I will say, again, you can shoot me women if you want to, is that women live vicariously through other women. They will take someone else's experience and take it as theirs. Oh, what happened to her? Shit, man. Don't go to that shop. Those dresses are rubbish. Don't go there. They've got dead customer service. Don't go there. So now they don't. Their reputation is banged. As opposed to no, it's just because that person. That's really interesting. Was, was work experience, and that's why they got shit service. So is that more of a female trait? I'd say that because it's a survival thing. Remember, I told you that the whole thing about being protective. Same thing, jumping off the cliff. Well, I'm gonna jump off the cliff because it must be better. I don't have time to think about that. But ironically, is this okay? So let's say that same scenario with the lift. Yeah, if the lift broke down, who do you expect to come to come and fix it? What would they look like? Definitely would be a dude. Isn't it? Do you understand? <laughs> but do you understand what I'm trying to say? And there's a one guy that comes. Oh no, but he's my savior now because the scenario has now changed. The guy can come from the ceiling panel and drop down and, and comfort you and protect you and fix the lift and shit. Oh, it's okay now though, but it's still one fucking man though. He could still be a rapist. He could be someone that actually planned to fuck up lifts and that's what he does. <laughs> do you understand yeah. what I'm trying to say? Mm. Like, because it's plausible. But the point is, is this. That's a a, a a trope that's been created within Hollywood or movies. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like the same trope of like, I don't know, you see a woman 
in the middle of the night time, she gets something out the fridge. The fridge door is open. You can't see. And then they close the fridge door. And there's, there's somebody there, like, behind the fridge door. Or the, the other one where they're in the bathroom and there's the mirror. And then they open the mirror to, to get something. And then they close it. And then there's the fucking killer, psychopath, whatever demon shit behind them. Mm. These are things that are created. And then they become normalized. You think it's a normal thing. Even though you can blatantly hear the music. <laughs> Like all the violence, we now associate violence with fear mm. and stuff like that, and they and 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 these different vibrations are now associated with these things. And this is also part of programming. This is part of um these these things. I also touched in that book as well. Um, so you think you're smart? Mm. Yeah, that's called framing as well. Even though you know you're still reacting to it, like, but then how can you react to something that you know and then be act surprised? That don't make no sense. It's like saying, I'm coming to come through the door. Mm. I'm big scary clown, and then you see the clown and then go, oh. Yeah, but I just announced myself. I just told you what I am. I just told you I'm this. Why would you be scared? That's because we choose. It's a choice. Mm. Yeah. The women in that lift, to a certain degree, have chosen. Because unless unless you've had an experience, that's traumatic. Again, I'm not trying to diss people that, you know, I'm not trying to say you shouldn't think that or not. Or the other. I'm just simply stating that unless you've had that experience yourself and it's your lived experience, mm. you should not be thinking... Someone's gonna open the door because that's a movie trope, yeah. Mm. And that's been created, and now it's become someone's narrative, Mm. and they've chosen to believe that. Do you know what I mean? That's what I would say about that. Because, like I said, if I flip the scenario and lift broke down, the person that you want is gonna be some strapping guy, a fucking fire fireman, you know. He's gonna rip the doors open. He's gonna look at you. He's gonna pull you through the gap, like all of that stuff. You're happy with the one man, then, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Because you're escaping, you're mm. free in a situation. So I think it's about the situation and the idea of feeling trapped or the idea of not being in control because you can't mm. control that. And um, I think that's where that comes from. And especially again, you know, I feel that right now that the concepts of males, are, you know, being masculine or masculinity is, is, is something that's under attack, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Why do you think that is? Because I, I agree with you. I mm. think there is a clear mm. attack on what it is to be a man. Yes. So, because that's essentially what masculinity is. Yeah, it's like you're just basically what a man is. Yeah, and there's this term toxic masculinity. Ah, bro. <laughs> the idea is that you just being what you are mm-hmm. is somehow toxic. Is somehow something that people need to stay clear of. Um, um what do you think? What well, What is this sentiment? Why okay. do people? Why are they pushing this so hard? Like so- socially. Um, my opinion is I think there's an agenda to um. They're using it to lay a foundation of something that is to come. Um, what the new man, the new man, the new woman, whatever that is. Um, but for me, it's like this: it's like if you destabilize, for example, it's like destabilizing trying to take over a country. Yeah, you have to lay the groundwork first um, before you do invade. So if I'm going to invade in your your country, I'm going to do something. I need to make sure that I need to know how good your army is. I need to know what guns you have, what guns you don't have. I need to know what tanks you have or we don't. If you've got air superiority or not, if you've got anti-air guns or not. I need to know these things. So before I go and do that, I have to then do some shit first to lay the groundwork. Before I come in and do what I'm going to do, I think from a societal point of view, this is something of that, that nature. Because think about it. If you make men, inverted commas, 
who are just men in very commas, whatever that is. I'm not going to really go into it that deeply. Maybe it depends. Um, and everything that men do is wrong. Men naturally, in general, always adapt to things. If we get something wrong, we go back to the drawing board. We go back to the drawing board. We reinvent ourselves. Same Start thing. To suppress what it is. That's right. To be a man. That's right. So if it means that now that if I'm being a man, but then think about it. This is why we have the how the highest suicide rates in the male, um, mental health, um, unemployment, homelessness, all these different things. Male, 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 male. So, but why is that? Yeah, if men are so evil or men are so this, why are the ones? That, why are we? We are the only ones that are dying. Why are we the only ones that are suffering the mental health? Why are we the only ones that are homeless? Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I don't want to segue too far, but like I said, if, if we're so evil in this, like, why are all the crime rates? If anything, all the highest crimes and stuff like that is towards men. I think it's because it's inner man to sacrifice himself. <coughs> For women, that's or right. Children. Yeah, we're, we're built that way. But then, but then, mm. society's also created that. Think about it. Oh, you know, the Titanic, women and children first. Mm. We've been that's been ingrained in us, the protectors. So if we're the protectors, these are the baseline things. Why would we then get in left with a woman and then think that we're the and have the then woman think that we're going to murder them? Mm. Do you understand? Why would these things? But then, yet, when it comes to being protected. A woman doesn't think of, yeah, I want another woman to protect me. They automatically, biologically think of a man. When they think of being comforted yeah, or, or secure or safe, they think of a man. They don't think of a, a man with an axe. And if there's a man with an axe, it's like, yeah, that's my man. Because if someone tries to come through the door, like, he's going to wrap them up with the axe. Do you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> that's, but that's what that comes mm. from. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So, but yeah, society is now painting this picture that I believe, yeah, I say I believe, yeah, um, that men are inherently evil. Out of the box A bit like Kind of like You know Some kind of uh, Religious aspects Like you're evil From the beginning Until you redeem yourself mm. And I think that's the kind of Stance that they're kind of Taking now. Men are inherently evil Until we show them Our, our not evil card That we're guilty Until, until we're we pre- go out of our way To make a point There that you go We're double PC <laughs> but that's it yeah. though But that's it bro Do you know what I'm trying to say I And mean, even mm. that thing Is a stressful thing Because again that, that, that takes on The adaptation Of how we operate mm. Well, in order for me to get the thing that I want or to function, we have to adapt or compartmentalize. But then that's not healthy because that goes back to the whole executive function thing. If you're not able to process things properly or you have a limited vocabulary or you can't express yourself and you're told that if you do say something that what you're saying is inherently evil, but then you can watch someone else because men are logical. Wait, so if I say it, it's wrong. But if you say it, it's right. But you're saying the same thing. But the difference between me and you is that you're female and I'm male. What? Okay, that doesn't make sense. But maybe if I act like you, then I'll be accepted. Mm. Then I'll be less chastised. I'll be less, you know, persecuted and such. And that's that's a male thing, you know, adapt, survive, like, you know. So given the scenario, yeah, yeah. what would your advice be to young men? Would your advice be that they mm-hmm. should adapt to the status quo? They should adopt some of the more feminine traits and try to be less masculine no I don't. or would you say that they should just completely object to this whole no narrative? No, no, no 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 i wouldn't okay i think that um that it's important to understand both sides the the feminine energy and the masculine energy like i'm not um mm. i'm not um Saying to you know, revolt or, or resist the whole thing because ironically that will be the, the opposite. It kind of goes back onto that again. The thing about the master thing, um, 
if you resist, all they will do is be like, see, look, you're toxic. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and because we are limited in our vocabulary and all the things I mentioned before, limited vocabulary, resources, man can chat to man, then, but man can chat to women and the women are the one that's saying that, that we are oppressing them. Mm. Then our language doesn't fit their language. So in order for us to, tr- to be received in the way that's necessary, we have to then be able to mediate and or have someone to translate what that means. Mm. Um, I will learn that language. So I wouldn't agree with the first thing of like, ah, oh, just fuck the whole show and flip the table over. Like, cause that would just literally just be like, see, look, you're aggressive. Look, what I will say is tune in and have an understanding of um, the feminine aspects, which are in both of us. Mm. Yeah, it's like the, I like, I like you know, I'm, I, I like the, yeah, you know, yeah. what, you, uh, there you go, my mm. brother. Yeah. There is an element and, and it's about celebrating and understanding those things. Um, but I think society has been set up in a certain way that it's like, a lot of men don't know what a man looks like. Yeah, mm. we're just male, or physically, what or what it is, uh, or how to operate within that space. Because mm. I think, ironically, a lot of the things that we're taught are very feminine, um, but we're given the tools of um, of, of masculine. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and then when we try to inherently do things that are masculine, we're now told by the majority of things that are feminine or those that are operating in that energy that it's wrong. Mm. As opposed to, well, actually, why don't you learn... What, it, what masculinity is mm. Why you subconsciously Seek these things Why Men do what they do Because men are always Because we adapt naturally We go to drawing But oh shit that didn't work I mean oh, I tried to chat to her She didn't listen to me Oh shit Fuck man nah, Let's go back to the drawing board Whereas um, Women are not taught that Women is like Nah we're the best Like that's it We're the prize We're this We're that mm. And um You need to learn what we do You need to get on our program There's mm. no There's no demand For them to understand it's well if you do something he's just shit he's a shit guy he's a shit one go find a better one mm. and so on there's no like all reflective aspect or again the accountability this is another conversation but um there's no i don't it's an imbalance of having an understanding and celebrating the two sides mm. so that and if they did know that they would not then believe that scenario of the lift of anyone that comes through the gate or comes through the lift door mm. um it's going to harm me but the thing is, if I call the police, do you are they are they thinking a bunch of women gonna come with, with batons and nightsticks mm. and tasers? No, you're thinking of a bunch of men. See, see, see how ironic. See how it defies reasoning, and Girl. that's my point. Women are not also taught to be logical mm. to access that white dot. No, I think feminine is black and the white dot. But anyway, the point is, they're not taught to nurture or to grow the logical point. Mm. It's almost if like men are logical. Okay, if I don't have to do something, just talk to the guy. The guy does it. The guy, that's guy stuff. No, it exists in you as well. Um, and that's why we have this whole concept now when people say, oh, I'm operating my masculine energy. Duh, 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 duh. Mm. Yeah, okay, you might be, but you don't understand it. So mm. you've never seen what a guy looks like. So even though you might be operating in that thing that is part of you, you don't know how to manage that and negotiate with that energy because you don't know what that looks like. So, but then when you chat to a guy who does know it, who's default masculine, mm. it's like, bro, what are you chatting to me like that for? Like, you want to chat to me? Like, okay, cool. So man knows how to operate like mm. that. So man's talking to you like that, but you don't like it because now you're majority feminine. You switch back into your feminine. You want to be a victim. Like, oh my God, why are you speaking to me like that? I don't like it. Yeah, but you approached me that way. So what are you saying? Like, in mm. the world of man, then, if a man talks to another man, what are you saying, bruv? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, like, yo, like, yo, like mm. because we understand that universe, but you want to watch the trailers of masculinity mm. and not be part of the mm. movie. You understand? Whereas we are in the movie. We're the actors. Like we are the Girl. ones that live it. 
And um, and then when we try to tell you about it, like, you know what? Let's allow it. Like, let's do logic and reasoning. Okay, but babe, you know what? If you talk to me that way, you're not going to get the best from me. Because mm. duh, duh, duh. Well, you should just know, innit? <laughs> okay. Why you, 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 you know, you need to talk to me that way, you know? And you have to be a feminine. Mm. You have to shut down. You have to re- lower my tone. Like, why, am I remo- why, why am I removing the bass from my voice for? So I can be less intimidating. Like, is that what <laughs> I need to do? Mm. I mean, it's like saying that, you know, the 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 non-melanated voice on the phone, the mm. phone voice, do you know what I'm trying to say? So that you can be received. Again, again that's an, adapt- an adaptation to survive, to get to, mm. to what you want. Do you know what I mean? Well, I'm going to, what's that? I'm walking down the road, I've got a hood on. Oh, I'm going to take my hood off so that you don't feel intimidated. What, because society says that all people that have hoods on are... are, are Doing up the madness. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> Which is why I admire, there's a brother that does, had a... Um, the black men, it's like 50 black men, the hoodies thing. There's an exhibition, there's a project that he did. I can't remember what the brother's name. Um, hopefully I'll send it to you. You could mm. hashtag it at the end. Yeah, send me all your um, stuff, man. He did a project, basically, he took pictures of all very famous black men, mm. all in hoods. One of them was like David Lammy. Um, one of them was like, uh, like Skepta. Like, mm. There were loads of people in different industries, but the whole point was just that just because man's in a hoodie doesn't mean that man's... On like, the crowd. On, on the, do you understand what I'm mm. trying to say? Like, the hood, it does not make the man. Do you understand? Mm. It's the man that makes the hood. Do you understand? Or, or, you know what I mean? Or, or the, where's the hoodie? Like, it's not. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So, that's the idea. So, we need to rem- kind of minimize these stereotypes and think and respond and not react to these kind of these kind of stuff. For real, man. You know what I'm trying to say. Like, so, yeah, I agree. But, 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 but that's what my, my, mm. my, my take is on that. I could go on forever, but I'm just No, no, I, defi- I definitely agree. <laughs> you know saying, and mm. we're coming right to the end of the episode. So mm, 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 I'll mm. just to just to add my thoughts on everything you've just said, yeah. 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 I'll say like men have created the world. Like yeah. literally with like as you said, when when you're in need of help, who yeah. do you call? Yeah. You're gonna call men. When yeah. when your house is getting built, who's building it? Right. Well, when when your plumbing's getting laid, who's who's laying it? Mm. When your electricity is getting done, who's doing it? It's like mm. Mm. men have built the world. Yeah, the physical so, aspects. And we're physically built for real. to physically wear that physical manifestation of the human condition. Hundred yeah. percent. And and I don't yeah. think it's a programming thing. Because a no. lot of women will say something along the lines of, Oh, women could have done it, but they just it didn't, didn't do it because they weren't allowed to and yeah. men just that. Bro, yeah, that's that not stuff. it. No, it's not what it redundant. is, yeah, is men will do the stuff that mm-hmm. nobody else wants to yeah. do. Well, men will do the stuff that women because don't want to do. Because it needs to be done. Because it needs to be and done. That's, and that's where the to me that the sacrificial aspect of it. Mm. Oh boy, if I need to make sure that the ship's going to get to the shore and I've got a family and they need to get there. So fuck it. If the ship goes down, someone has to be there to control it yet. Yeah, then I'm controlling it. Yeah. yeah, but you'll die. Yeah. It. it doesn't matter. You, For real. Fucking and ultimately, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. what a man is. Yeah. A man is someone 100. who's prepared to sacrifice themselves yep. for the greater good or whatever. That's, that's right. what a man is. So right. all of this sentiment where they're disrespecting men, mm-hmm. they really need to allow it because without men, there is no 100%. nothing that we have. Like 100%. everything that we have is based on people being willing to sacrifice themselves and do what they have to do for, for the greater good. 100%. And um, typically men are willing to do that. 100%. And, and that, um, I agree. Yeah. And, and as I say, I would love to go further into yeah, bro, this bro, because I, I listen, feel passionate about this topic. We can touch on this again, bro. If you want to yeah, book another saying, time, like, we can yeah, go back to bro. back. You can create a, a monthly, bro. For real, bro. Can, bro. I'm here, bro. I'm nah, here, man. Yeah. It's been it's been a pleasure, man. I've really enjoyed your conversation. I, as yeah, I say, I would love to go further into bro, these things. And I think we, we should definitely, definitely. arrange uh, another yeah, yeah. another show. Definitely. Bro. But before we wrap it up, yeah, yeah. is there anything you want to promote? Anything that you want people to go check out? Um, um, maybe your socials, or maybe just subject matter that you want people to check out for their own good. Whatever, whatever it's uh, up to you. Well, as I said before, the book 
um, called um, You're Not So Smart. Mm. Um, I'm definitely going to check yeah. out. Um, I can't remember the author. I'm really bad with certain names and things, mm. but you know, forgive me for that. Um, but again, you know, look for it. It's called You're Not So Smart. Mm. Um, I think there's another book called now You Are Now Less Dumb. Mm. <laughs> like even the name is quirky. Is that but, the sequel? Um, that's for the, the sequel. Mm, yeah, okay, You're Not So I'll Smart. Definitely check those out. Um, or How To Be Less Dumb. Something like that. But um, mm. you'll be able to, you know, when you look for the book, you'll see. Um, and um, what other books would I recommend? There's another book called um, The Courage To Be Disliked. Mm. That's another big book. Um, that's yeah. about kind of... Um, self-worth and understanding and kind of not necessarily being agreeable but also knowing that everything that we do um it's also um is based off what we choose it's all about choice mm. um it's the opposite of um what's it called uh what's it what's his name um, freud freudian psychology so sigmund freud mm. it's the opposite it's um adlerian psychology also linked on to young psychology, which mm. basically is more spiritually aspect saying that basically the choices that we make because we these things happen not by choice but because we manifest them or we mm. put we 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 do things in a certain way in our subconscious to promote those things. So um but yeah so the courage to be disliked. Um and as for my socials uh, again it's Opa for Kerry Black um on Insta um I think I'm on, uh, on Steam as well. If you're a gamer, you can catch me on um, Steam as well. What Kerry games Black. do you play? Bro, on the, on how much time you got? How much battery you got in there, bro? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've, I'm originally, I'm part of the, the well, I'm a, I dabble in the fighting games, in the fighting game okay. community. So I grew up playing Street Fighter. Okay, cool. I'm an avid player of Street Fighter. I learned mm. that. Um, so like properly, like I play Street Fighter. Man, can you play Street Fighter, bro? Can you play that? <laughs> you know, one day they don't be like, can you play though? Like, can you play though? Mm. No, no, but, but can you play though? Like, can you? Don't you say you can play? It. Yeah. That's it. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I grew up playing fighting games. Mm. Um, I'm, you know, um, role playing games. Like I'm, you know, that's where my a lot of my energy comes from. My creative aspects comes from. Um, so, um, but not so much now because again, I can have another conversation about how the gaming industry is. I think that's something that's been hijacked, and the essence and the energy of gaming has completely been dashed away and has become basically like an academy, it's corporate, mm. you know, it's this whole financial gain thing, it's this whole franchise of repeatedly regurgitating things like, you know, mm. the Call of Duty franchises and the, the FIFAs and, and even the different companies, the conglomerate, con, conglomerates. Conglomerate, yeah. Yeah, they say it. <laughs> anyway, um, how they're basically just monopolizing certain things and buying up smaller companies, these indie, independent companies and such. And just spewing out garbage. I'm gonna take. It's like me taking, you know, this platform here, and then just giving it to flipping Microsoft. And now it's just got some. Now you're wearing a suit and tie, and yes, and oh, and you're plugging. Oh, my cap is, you know, minute you're plugging. Like, like it's nothing. The essence mm. is gone. The energy is gone. The reasoning, the the passion is gone. Mm. Um, and that's how I thought it was with gaming. Like, for example, I was into. I've always been a Sega man. Like, yeah, I grew mm. up with that. I've got all my consoles. I've got all my... Any game I've ever had, I've still got it. Mm. Um, I might actually do a little feature thing on, uh, at some point for myself regarding that. But anyway. Um, and um, up until this point, I was up until, like, say, Xbox 360. Mm. And then I was with consoles, and I never had a PC. Um, and then I actually... When I found out about the Xbox... What was it? Xbox One, something like that, I think mm. it was. Then they had this whole thing of, like, yeah, it's online only... 
he has to have this camera attached to it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm obviously, I'm conscious of things like, you know, privacy and stuff mm. like that and technology and siphoning information and all this kind of stuff, which is what they're currently, you know, information, mm. we're in an information age. And again, knowledge and information is power, which again, dictates things in society, which we kind of touched on. Um, but yeah, so I was like, fuck it, I ain't, I ain't buying that. What are you they telling me that? PS. Yeah, no, 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 I, I should have, I could have, oh. but I didn't like PS. Obviously it's that like mm. rivalry that like, kind of, you know, the, the red mm. versus blue thing. So I had that. Um, I've always been battling throughout my life when it comes to, and that's like one of the first kind of platforms or stages where I had to have this kind of, you better know your shit, bro, you're just going to get crushed in it. Like, mm. thing. And I always had to know my shit in it, especially the status quo in it. Everyone thinks that this thing is the best thing. Okay, why is it the best thing though? Oh, it's got the best graphics. Okay, but, but who made the chipset? What do you mean? Well, your chip can only do this, and this one does ten times that. But you still chose that mm. societal influences and stuff. But anyway, point is this: I literally boycotted um, buying that because of that, and I built a PC because a personal computer okay. PC mm. is me. It's my expression. This mm. is how fast I want to be. Whatever I put in it is what I get out of it. And um, I yeah, I built. I did all the research. I did my specs on my parts, the budgeting, this and the other. And I built my own PC. So from that point onwards, after Xbox 360, um, I just didn't bother with consoles anymore. Because mm. what's the point? Why am I going to pay? And this is another thing, for example, from my even financial standpoint, I put in my PC probably costs about, I don't know, maybe like 1,200, something like that. Mm. I built my PC in 2016. It was better than the PlayStation that came out. It's still better than the PlayStation that's come out now. It doesn't matter. It's like an f- investment. Mm. I can spend like ten pounds on a game when it comes out on a console. It's sixty pounds mm. like, for what? And the graphics are worse. Mm. How does that make sense? And my computer's like what? How many? Like seven, eight, nine, twelve, ten? How many years old? Do you know what I mean? It's a, mm. It doesn't make any. It's a no-brainer. But because again, as I said before, if you don't have the knowledge to build it. You know, you're gonna you're gonna you know use the path of least resistance. We're gonna throw something at you, and you're gonna just react. I can have all the games. Like the fact that a game that's made on a on a PlayStation was used a PC to make it. Like it's a, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like you needed a PC to make the PlayStation game and use the software and then build it on the PlayStation. And when it comes out on the PC, you can upgrade the graphics because it's based off your physical hardware. So whatever you've got in there. Mm. If your graphics card can produce X amount of colors, then you can boost it up. Whereas a, a PlayStation or it is what it is, it is, what it is. Mm. and don't get and then what also what started to happen was even in the background like, there's a lot of like bureaucratic garbage that happens when it comes to games. Whereas they'll build a game normally back in the day they'll build a game on the, the PC spec, which would be the highest of the highest, the best graphics, and then because the limitation of the of the um, hardware of a console. They would then say like, okay, cool. You have to turn off this, turn off this, turn off this, and then you can then you can slap it on a PlayStation or Xbox mm. because it's just physically not powerful. It's, the demand is it can't produce that. Now what's happened? Now they flipped it. They'll make a game and they will bottleneck the colors, the graphics, the the the, the, the all the isms and schisms and all the flaring bits and the you know the 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 fantastic bits because it has the priority is now made to be on a console, mm. even though the console is physically limited, even though the PC that built the game was actually more powerful than the console that you designed it for. Mm. And then when they, and then they port that version of that game, the dead version, essentially inverted commas onto PC. And then it's like, they have to then add on top of it to unlock and be able to have the full features of what it should have had. What it should have had already. Mm. Do you understand? Which is backwards. 
And um, and I even heard read an article recently where they're saying that some games are even worse now because because of this whole idea of trying to make sure that we're all financially viable, and you know jumping through less hoops, they will make the game now to the lowest spec console on purpose so that they don't have to adjust anything when mm. they they dish it out, and then it's the actual physical graphics card that boosts it afterwards, which is long. It's not programmed. It's like you having a. Do you know what it's like? I'll give an example. It's like you watching um. Have you ever tried to watch a DVD on a high definition TV now? No. Like an old school DVD that you bought, yeah? Mm. What happens is this. When the physical hardware is more powerful than the input device, yeah? So mm. it's like watching a videotape or a cassette tape or something. The more um, advanced the hardware is or the TV is, mm. the more apparent it makes the, look, the input look shit. So in other words, it makes it look shit. And therefore, you have. that's why you're forced from an engineering standpoint to make sure that the audio or everything else moves in alignment. Otherwise, if the if the TV will make the, the DVD look like garbage because it's mm. so clear, it will show the imperfections. Same thing with audio. It's like your mics. If, you, if you've got like decent mics, but then the device that you're using the input is garbage. Yeah, then it's just not going to do it justice. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Mm. So it has to match. And, um, and that's essentially what's been happening with... with, with um, Games and stuff. I've, I can go on this forever, but let me just yeah, I'm gonna stop there. No, I hear you. No, no, we'll definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like, as I say, um, yeah. when when you come back through, we'll mm. we'll go further into anything yeah, that bro. we missed on yeah, this bro. one. Yeah, bro. But yeah, man, it, it's been a it's been a Thank pleasure, you. man. Like, I really you, enjoyed it, man. You're Thank really you. good at having a conversation, and Thank you. and I see why people have said to you that you should have your own show because <laughs> you've got a lot to yeah. talk. Like you've got uh, a lot of different yeah, knowledge on yeah. different topics, and yeah. As I say, I'd love to have you back in the show Ruff, if you get time, anytime, bro. Come back bro. Through. You let me know. I'm about I'm about promoting, you know, you know, positive energy podcasts. Um anything that's 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 you know for the community mm. that benefits, you know, anyone coming forward, you know, black businesses and such like things like that. I'm about it, like whatever it is. Like, yeah. Awesome, yeah, man. Bro. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. I Apothecary Black. Yeah. Thank you, bro. Thank it's you. been a pleasure. Thank and we'll you. call it a wrap there. Yeah, bro. All right, love. love. Thank yeah. you to the audience as well. Yeah, thank you all. And that's a wrap. All right, cool. Thank you. One P, two P, five P, ten P, twenty P, fifty P. Changed on annoy me. One pound, two pound, five pound, ten pound, twenty pound, fifty pound. These are my employees. Yeah, I just make Elizabeth work. I just make Elizabeth work. Yeah. I just make Elizabeth work, I just make Elizabeth work, work, work. Where my money at? Let me dial up management. Who's going in and who the fuck's panicking? Who's maybe and who the fuck lost P? If I fire man, that could be costly. You know, I always make the pattern run properly. I got white money and it talks cockney. I got black money and it talks patwork. Why the fuck would I want my money stacked up? I see money, I can't let it be statue. I'm an entrepreneur in a tracksuit. When your money works hard, you don't have to. She got dank body and it's all natural. But I'm still only trying to get the peas, bitch. You got dead P, hit it with the D fridge. It's a game full of snakes and leeches. Damn Fuck rap. school, they ain't never gonna teach this. Never. Fuck broke, I'd rather turn evil. Uh, when I'm hungry, you be looking like treacle. Give me tunnel vision on my prey like eagle. I got a pit in the whip looking regal. Just in case I ever got a duck a man down. Dealing with the penny, same way I do pounds. Dealing with the pounds, same way I do racks. Aiming for a billion, I ain't going back. When I hit the club, it's return of the max. I'm looking for a hustler, 30 collab. 
Trap queen title, where you worthy you of worthy that? Of There's things. a lot of hot chicks, but I'm never that gas. No. I don't know love, only know about cash. I know about economy, I know about yeah. tax. I wanna dominate, not race yeah. with the rats. Look, yeah. I can't hear shit if it ain't about. Yeah. One p, two p, five p, ten p, twenty p, fifty p. Change don't annoy me. One pound, two pound, five pound, ten pound, twenty pound, fifty pound. These are my employees. Yeah, I just make Elizabeth work. I just make Elizabeth work. Yeah, I just make Elizabeth work. I just make Elizabeth work, work, work.